Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Well, they walked into Madrid with hope in their hearts and they'll walk away with the greatest prize in club football. Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool's King to the Cot are champions of Europe once again. host Fahi and welcome to another episode of Cop in Fracker, your podcast dedicated to all things LFC on the Touchline Fracker Network. Alongside me, I have Chris. Hey man, how you doing today? I'm good, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks man. Good stuff. Ellis, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, brother. How are you? I'm alright, mate. I'm alright. I'm a bit hot, but you know, I'm surviving. Mm. Harold, how's things? It's alright. Yeah, I'm feeling the heat as well. Can't lie yeah. to you. You seem a bit flustered. Do I? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm blessed, man. Thanks, sure, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm 
Stay hydrated, Harold. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll do, um, <laughs> uh, we also have another very special guest who goes by the name of Emil Heskey, but you'll hear from him in around 20 to 30 minutes' time. Uh, before we get started, I need to promote the Touchline Fracker Discord channel. There's nearly 500 people already on there now, so if you're not on there, make sure you get yourself on there. Full of jokes, full of laughter. All of our ops are dying over there. Like, if, if you want to just run banter, join that Discord channel. And also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Touchline Fracker. Um, other than that, that's all the plugs done. So, how's everyone doing? How did you guys enjoy the first weekend of Premier League football? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was really good. Um, apart from our game, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think having all the games back-to-back, not having to worry about what I was going to do in my weekend, which was quite nice. Um, and yeah, there's some decent football being played, which was quite surprising. Did you see decent football, really? From Man City, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah, because every game I'd tuned into, it just seemed like shoddy, shoddy football, man. Sorry, Man City and Brighton. Yeah, that's true. No, Brighton, yeah, Brighton were right. <laughs> that's true. Harold, how did you find the weekend? Yeah, I was glad to have football back, to be honest. Um, as you know, I'm prevalent on our, our fantasy Premier League um, tables, so I was, just, I was just happy to put up some more competition, let you guys know. Well done. Who's number one, you know? Just, just, just reminding you guys. Yeah, what's well going on there? Um, no, but on a, on a, more, on a, more, on a more serious note, related to football, yeah, I share the same, same, same sentiments, same thoughts as Chris. Our game was pants. Um, everything else was, it was below par, but I guess it's what you expected, you know? So uh, we can't be too, we can't be too harsh on these guys. I haven't played football in a long while. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to make it seem as if it's like a, a season restart. Yeah. On top of that, it's also a case of not having fans as well. It's a weird environment. I imagine them going back into the tunnel even is weird. You have to might have to. I imagine they wash their hands. It's different. Like I'm hearing on commentary, say there's different zones: green, amber, and and. Yeah, I mean Liverpool. They got changed in the car park. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) it is. It is all so so weird. Like so, you know, I'm willing to give people a bit of a leeway. I mean, it's first game week, but I'm ready to see better football. Yeah, Ellis, what did you think of this weekend? Same, really. It was a bit um, jagged a bit in terms of the football. There's a lot of weird results, a lot of boring matches. Uh, quite a bit of the Bournemouth versus Palace game. Um, can't say they're the two best football inside in the world. But, hey, <laughs> well, of all the games, why were you watching that? Well, this where, where life where where life lands me really. Yeah. No, but yeah, really. Yeah, like, like Harold said, I don't really expect much. First game in like three months. Um, a lot of teams probably had what three weeks of free, well, quote unquote pre season. So I didn't really expect a lot of rhythm, a lot of uh, good football. Unless again, your Man City, how they are just good. I don't know, man. Them, them, them boys over there are crazy. Man. But yeah. So, um, let's touch up on it a little bit. Our game against Everton, if you guys had to sum it up in one sentence, Harold, how would you sum it up? Um, a waste of an hour and a half. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, I'm serious, no. I was just lacklustre. It was, let me think of a sentence. Um, lacklustre game, lacking intensity, lacking a drive. So everyone looking a bit lethargic. It's a very long sentence. Um, just 
just poor. It felt like a preseason game. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you got a fair point. Chris, what did you think of... Um, what did you expect? Like, obviously, I know we spoke about this before, but what did you actually expect from the game and what do you think we actually got from it? Well, this is the question, wasn't it? Because when we were discussing it last week, I thought we were fairly adamant that we'd win comfortably. Yeah. Um, so that was the expectation. And the reality was it generally did look like a pre-season game. Um, well, yeah, the lads have been out the night before, a few of them. Uh, a little bit sloppy <laughs> on the touch. Um but no, I mean, they, they weren't crap until all the injuries started piling up and the drinks breaks came into play, which is still a little bit weird to me that you, you're playing at, you know, at a decent tempo for about, what is it, 20 minutes? Yeah. And then everything just stops and you're giving the opponent you know, time to breathe and stuff. Guys, though, I have one thing I wanted to say. I know we're talking about the team performance, but yeah. there's one man I need to speak on. Oh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Oh, wow. oh, okay. That's not the guy I thought you were going to talk about. Yeah, oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, my words. That performance, yeah. And I know Mariah said in the past about the... the, the, the Ellis said in the past about the use of the word diabolical, yeah, and the real meaning of it. But that performance on the right it, wing... It was, was, was That was it diabolical. Was I'm not going to lie, man. I don't see why, why we play him there. No, no, no. The thing is, I, I agree that you shouldn't play him there. However... I think the whole thought process of, or the whole thinking of, oh, you're attacking midfielder, you can't play, you can't do a job on, on the wing. I, I, I don't agree Ooh. with it. I'm sorry. Excellent. He was Excellent. so poor. Like driving runs, running, collecting the ball, moving up play. What we, the things that we really wanted him to do, like that's what we have him in as an attacking midfielder for. He was so lost on the right wing, man. He, he looked like he never played there before. And, you, know, and, you know where I thought he would have been better? Left yeah. back? I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe to be honest, probably a bit better than Millie. My goodness, yeah. But I, I was so impressed. He had, one, he had one good spell in that game. Ninety minutes, right at the end. Literally, right when he won the free kick, and that was yeah. it. Oh man, it, it what, made me, it made me what killed me was that he came off for Mini Minamino. And I'm thinking, all right, fair enough. Yeah, you want to get a bit Minamino of was that. Right. Like, And that's how bad it was. And his performance was worse than Minamino's. Oh, so, uh, and the thing is, like, like you said, he's not a winger, but he was playing it as a ring. Like, you're not supposed to be, when you're on that right-hand side, you're supposed to like, drift in and support the forwards. But he was just sticking out there. So then now he's, he's obstructing Trent. The Trent can't do his business. And he didn't do nothing. He didn't get the ball. He didn't want to defend. He didn't, he didn't look to show for it. I thought, no, nah, nah, that was, that was bad. He was so ineffective, man. Uh, it was, it was that. Yeah, it was, it was really disappointing. We just, we, 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 we like that kind of edge. And to be honest, it's a summary of an away game at Goodison Park, like mm-hmm. in recent years. It's normally we flog them at Anfield and then we get to Goodison Park and it's just so dire and we just can't get that final third. Like we just can't make that incision. And it was, it was, it was just a frustrating wash watch to be honest with you especially because we know how close we are to something that's eluded us for 30 years as well yeah, yeah no, you're right do you sorry five before you go do you um, think that's it's clock overthinking like a goodison park game and like an old Trafford game because all those games there we never really like turn up it's always like underwhelming there's always something weird that happens in the game yeah, yeah man I just think, I don't know if Klopp's like overthinking it. He's thinking, oh, it's a derby. He doesn't want to lose. But he doesn't, it's not like he doesn't want to win, but you always just look underwhelming. It's always those two games. It's always those two games. Yeah, you are right. You are right. And do you know why? It's because in these early years, 
he never he didn't collect as many points as he wanted to from those two grounds. So he doesn't he does change things around a lot. And mm. yeah, like it, yeah, I do know what you mean. I do feel like he gives different instructions for those type of games, man. But it's it's weird. it's almost like Everton at home is is like a completely different fixture to Everton to Everton away, which don't get me wrong, I know it is, but it's still the same team. Literally, literally. Yeah, I mean, if there if there was a, a a good opportunity to kind of you know play well at Goodison, it would have been now with no Everton fan in the crowd. Yeah, we we just went on it, man. And like, I don't know if you guys noticed. What did you guys think about Trent and his lack of enthusiasm with what was in front of him? He seemed yeah. really frustrated. Yeah, I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. The partnership, it, it, it was new to him. So um, some of the patterns in play, Mini's mm. not used to it. So some of the things Trent wanted to do, he couldn't do. Um, obviously, if Salah was there, Salah's always dying in off that, in off that line, giving Trent space. So uh, yeah, I agree. And, uh, oh, sorry. And on top of no, that, he was, mm. he was, there was no, there was no real linkage on that right hand side. So mm-hmm. he didn't really, we didn't see Trent in the in the final third enough, or as much as we are are accustomed to. And I think that was a combination of obviously Ox being on the right, him not having that partnership. But also when he did get the ball in the final third, because it was so far and few between, he almost snatched up the ball. So his mm. deliveries weren't as always as, as spot on as they as they normally may have been. So I don't know, it was just yeah, it was it was just a, a massive disconnect on that right hand side now. Yeah, because in, in the first half you had that weird thing where um, Henderson was pulling out a lot more wide. Yeah. Covering Minamino, who was kind of like drifting in a bit more. So that definitely didn't help things. So it looked also, like Trent, Trent was pulling back by instruction as well. Also, did you notice Bobby and Minamino playing in the same position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were literally doing the same thing. Uh, the thing is, Minamino looks lively. I could see his movement was there. Yeah, and, you know, like, he was eager for the ball. And, like, he definitely looks better than before the break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You can see the confidence. You can see, he's, you, you can see, I mean, I know, you know, a few friends of the pods, journalists, like to do a bit of PR efforts on behalf of new sign-ins. <laughs> and one of them was that, you know, he's, he's kind of bulked up a bit. And you, you could see that, to be fair. He didn't look... Yeah. I mean, what, the, what was it? The game against uh, Wolves away. Oh, and he was man. on the... Uh, he was getting who's he going up against? Doherty and Traore. That, <laughs> that'd make anyone hit the gym, you know what I mean? Oh, kind on. of rude awakening, man. <laughs> I think a few of them have, like, bulked up. Um, Mane looked like a tank. He's always there. You know what, though, yeah? You know what? That, I didn't notice in the game... When he made the run, that was so funny. as soon as the, the whistle the blew, rather than taking a knee, I was crying. I was, <laughs> you know what? That, that is how like focused he is on the Mane, game. Mane, though, that's Mane. <laughs> all all Mane wants to do is play ball. Just play, fam. That's what he wants to do: just bang ball and go home, and, you know, and, and just send money back fun. home, like. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he wants to do, man. And you know, for fact, when he was walking back, he was just bare smiling to himself. Yeah. 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 And he imagined that like, Milner's face, like right oh, behind livid. Oh, he's <laughs> living. He's living. What's this? What he did? <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest thing. The reason it was funny because I was looking at it, I was watching everyone take it in. That, and just from the corner of that, that person. Did you just say like, that? Did you just say that? I was like, I was messaging like another chat that me and Chris are in. And I said, What would people do if like Marnie decided to just take the ball and run with it during oh, the meal? And like, he kind of did something similar. <laughs> 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 funny, man. 
Like, oh, he's, it, he's like he's the most unintentionally funny person ever as well. Like, did you see that meme that came out the day after? It was like I think it was um like one of the cars from Cars. It just says I am speed. And he's smiling. He's just smiling. He's just, just smiling. All right. So here's a question for you. Um, so Origi came on second half. Do you think Klopp did the right thing with playing Mane in the nine and Origi in the left? No. no. Okay, so that's because. Yourself. Oh, sorry, no. Oh, sorry, Alice, I interrupted you there. Especially because at Anfield, what worked so well was Mane drifting in on the left and Divock as the main focus up front. He yeah. caused so much problems. So I, I was actually surprised to, if Salah wasn't playing, I was surprised not to see Divock playing because he did so, he impressed so, so much in the first yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, same. And so I, I would have thought that he, he, he deserved the chance. So him playing on the left, and we know what Divock is on on the left, man. It's it's just it's but, one thing to ask an attacking midfielder to play on 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 the wing or play on the right hand side. It's another thing to ask an out and out forward to go play left wing, and and not even left forward. Like he was playing left wing, he was in a corner yeah. flag. Yeah. So yeah, and it didn't make normal sense to me because you also had Gomez out there. So now you've got Gomez. Yeah, there was no width at all, really. <laughs> at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. To be no, fair, fair to Gomez, he did his best, didn't he? I think he did well. He ain't yeah. got a left foot. If he had a left foot, he would have been all right because he was getting in behind um, James. So he got, he got in behind a couple of times. That was a sum up of our game. We had no left footed players on the whole pitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. We were, so, we were so one sided. So yeah. So, you know that point you guys are making about Origi and you wanting him to play centre-forward, do you not think you would have found it difficult with the deep defensive line that Everton really had? So, like, Ancelotti kind of followed the um, recipe he used with Napoli against us with, like, two backs of four, basically, just sitting in front of the box. And it worked well. Like, you can't criticise him for it. Um, yeah, it would have had to have been like a reverse of what Everton were trying to do with Calvert-Lewin, kind of go, trying to get the knock-on and Richarlison trying to play it off. Yeah, like, there was no one around him to actually kind of replicate that. And I thought, actually, I thought Michael Keane, to his credit, actually played fairly well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah he was decent. Yeah, but 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 you know what? Actually, more the reason why I wanted Divock up front is because Mane on the left is far more effective. He's he's back against he's back against the goal. He can't use his unpredictability. He can't use yeah. his turn of pace as much. He can't use his ingenuity as much as him on the left hand side. Even with that even with that deep line, I still would have I still would have thought he would have been more effective. It may we may not have had um output because we were dire, but still I d I didn't think it was the right move. Yeah, I find I, that I, interesting. Mm. I find that interesting because I the way I saw it was I actually could understand why Origi was on the left, but um, you're right in the sense of he wasn't playing as a wide forward. He was playing as a winger, mm. which is kind of the issue here. And obviously, he didn't actually have a fullback behind him. He had a centre-back behind him. So mm. that doesn't exactly help him. So, yeah, no, I, I can see that point of view as well. But, yeah, I can see why he played on the left and Mane in the middle because we were struggling to kind of retain the ball in, in and around the box. Mane is someone that's good with the ball at his feet. Yeah. But, again, we didn't have any creativity in the middle because Cater got taken off. And we didn't really have anyone to kind of make the pass. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have, I would have kept uh, Mane on the left. To be fair, I would have kept him on the left just because he is an out and out winger, and he's just always looking to go at the man. Um, 
there was like times where Seamus Coleman was having Seamus Coleman was having a jolly up, just relaxing. Really. He had and a good game have, to be fair. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he, he did. did. I, did, I didn't realize he was that quick. I knew he was quick, but I didn't know he was that quick. Yeah, I don't know how he caught Mane. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think Mane. Yeah, because Mane tried to um, give him the eyes where you know when he stopped, start. He tried to do that, and then I yeah. think yeah, Seamus read it. Um, yeah, so bringing on Divock and putting him on the left was just a waste of time. It's always a waste of time. Um, Divock plays like it's a waste of time. We watch it like it's a waste of time. Everyone, everyone <laughs> says it's a waste of time. But it, it, still, it still happens. Um, my hairline's receding. Every time Divock plays on the left, my hairline goes further back. <laughs> it's so frustrating, man. I just want to see him centre forward, man. No, but he's it, it, a traditional centre forward, as in he's got to run the channels yeah he's gonna run the channels doesn't mean he's gonna be out there but he, he's one of those like Rafa will love him yeah. Rafa Benitez will love him because he's he will run the channels front. yeah in the two up front he's perfect he'll hold it up and like him and him and Salah up front will be sick because he'll hold it up for Salah and Salah's trying running behind him and he'll flick off the dark but um, I don't think he is what we need right now in our centre forward. Yeah, because I, I don't know, because then I'll go back to like the last game of the season last season against Wolves and he played in the night and he was so bad. It's like, <laughs> when you start him up front, he's just so poor. I just, I really don't know with him, man. He he really is an impact player. Like, that impact sub, that's that's what he is, sadly. I can't see him. And he plays time. like he's lethargic. He just plays like everything... The way he plays is the way he is. Like if you listen to him in interviews, if you listen to people talk about him, he's like, oh yeah, he's just relaxed, he's cool. But uh, I don't need that on the football pitch. In it, I need you at like, full throttle, hundred percent running into people, getting the ball attack. Because he's got good feet, he's got quick feet, he's got what decent pace. What do you think on him though, Ellis? I think mm. I, think that's, I think that's a bit harsh because when there is space to go in behind, he's a willing runner. Like he's not. Yeah, yeah, he's he's. Because when I think of a, a lethargic kind of player, I think of like a Martial. And I don't think he's to that extent. Now, so, but they've got the same demeanor, though, both of them, bro. Both of them just like no, I think chilled. That's a bit harsh on on Divock. He, he think... is chilled. No, I think it is a bit harsh. He's chilled. Don't get me wrong, but I reckon he has far more intensity to his to, to his game. Well, more consistently has okay. has more intensity to his yeah. game than Martial. Yeah. I, I I I think Divock is a good player. I think if he was to go somewhere else at the age he is now, over his over his injuries. Um, if he was to go to like a mid-table pushing for Europe, Europe team across Europe, I think he would do well. Yeah, he's he's a he's a proper enigma, man. It's hard to curious case of Divock Origi. Yeah, literally. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, so we've got Palace tomorrow, right? Wednesday. Yeah. What are our thoughts? Um, what what do we want to see different, <laughs> other than a good performance? What do we want to see change in terms of structure, personnel, and yeah, individual performances as well? I need, I need, I need Robertson back ASAP and Salah just for some pace. Man. Yeah, I, man. I need that, you know, a PNP, a gentrified PNP. I need it back. <laughs> gentrified PNP. Harold, nah, we need to, to get the tempo, really, don't we? Well, really, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think know, Robertson I, I do coming back will help massively. Say again? I think Robertson coming back will help massively. Yeah, I agree. It's funny because I was actually going to say, I think Robert, not, I mean, I think both will come back, but I actually think Robert more so than Salah, only because we just look so one-dimensional without 
like our play is so re- so reliant on our fullbacks. With only Trent, it's like, yo, and obviously, of course, having Salah on the right will mean Ox has never played there again, which I can't, I can't thank <laughs> thank God enough for. But I think having having Robbo on on the left, he, oh man, it'll make it'll make a big difference, man. Yeah, that's the yeah, those are two players that we definitely need to bring in for the next game because. Yeah, it's not looking great. And that's actually the bigger problem that we've been speaking about this whole lockdown. We need more players, man. We need more quality players to come in and, and, and like fill in because it's just it's just not okay at the moment. Right. Anyway. I mean, before we go off on a tangent and the company men try and back the team. No, no, no. Speaking of that, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we have to speak of because Liverpool have been linked with Saka. But Liverpool yes. are saying that or the Liverpool have been linked with left back, they're looking to get in the left back. But Liverpool are saying that they're going to watch what Lerouchi is going to develop into next season. Ah, they're saying what? So basically, they're, they're waiting on Lerouchi and they want to see oh, what Lerouchi is doing. You know what I'm saying? But my, my thing is that, my thing is, is that, brother, if you think Lerouchi is going to do something next season, play now. Bro, at least, at least give him... Play least, now, no? At least give him trust minutes. He's getting nothing. You know, I'm saying that. I mean, he's getting nothing. So why is his name being mentioned? Probably go get a left back. I don't uh, understand. <laughs> it will be it will be criminal if Saka is available and we and we don't we don't. See you know him. what? I think if Klopp rated Larucci as high as some people think, he would have made an he he shall he will make an appearance at some point between now and the end of the season on that bench. Surely, if he's fit. Because we, you're allowed what ten men now on the bench. <laughs> yeah, nine? you're allowed bare guys. So if, yeah. he, if so, if he's our only left back that we have, other than Milner, as such. So if he does rate him highly, then I expect to see him. But if he if he doesn't show up in any of these games, then I can't <laughs> see that being true. Surely, no, surely not. Because like, if it wasn't true, he would have been on the bench against Everton. Yeah, oh, and the thing with Trapper is he can play multiple positions, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. He can play all across the left, but he can also play centrally as well. Yeah. I don't think that's his best play. I think he's better down the flank. Um, but I've seen I think, him play a few positions now. I think he needs to develop a little bit more discipline to play in the middle. Yeah, but, agreed. But, but but on the left, left back, left wing, I'm having it. Yeah, I'm, I'm having it, man. I'm having quality, it. quality baller. It's not baller. So we went off on a tangent for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so back to Palace. So Ellis, what are your expectations? No, we've got to win. Um, got to win. They're, all credit to Palace. They're a decent team. They do what they do well. Organised. Um, trying to nick, nick uh, counter-attacks and that, but we have more quality than them, so we should be them. I don't want to hear anything else. If we don't beat them, I'll be very disappointed. Very, very disappointed. Likewise. And give me one word to describe how you're going to feel if Lovren starts alongside Van Dyke. Ah! <laughs> that's the word for all of us. That's, that's the word. That's, that's the, the word. word. Yeah, that's the word. That's, that's, also the word. His bra- that's also his brain as well. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird, isn't it? Like a week ago, we were praising the man, saying, oh, yeah, fourth choice. It's not that bad, you know. And then a, week, a week later, we're like, fuck it, no, get what? out. No, get no, out. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. Matip is the one that needs to get flogged. That boy. <laughs> this is what I was saying earlier, actually. That boy. He gets away with murder, man. He gets injured. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not even going to get... I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But no. I, it's game, games like the Everton game, yeah, is what made me think, who advised Lovren to get Twitter? 
That's a whole pod episode in itself, you know. That man's activities on Twitter still. And at the end of the game, he looks at his phone, he's trending number one. He's like, Rah! Yeah, he's like, Oh, I played well, you know. I played 15 minutes. I'd love to know what goes through his brain sometimes. You know what? you just told you, fam. Fam. He was on the pitch for two minutes and he was on the floor already. You know what's killing me? You know, like um, Calvin Lewin and Richarlison, they were doing the Bashing Brothers, man. You know, like in Mighty Ducks. What are we doing? They were having uh, turns, they were like, nah, nah, let me, it's my turn, man. Let me go run at it. They were loving it. It's like, why was he breakdancing, man? Like, yeah, nah, he, 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 there's, there's no reason for him to start. Like, legit, like, seriously. Both of us can play. Yeah, let's, let's, let's calm it down. It's like, to, it's like to a point where if one of them's gonna have to go off, aren't they? Tomorrow, one of them is gonna have to go off at some point tomorrow, whether it be Gomez or Virgil, because they played at the weekend. Do you reckon? Yeah, they're gonna have to just for, just for rotation. You know what I mean? no way. We've got a long break after this, haven't we? We've got a week off. Yeah, but you know what? You know what he's like with the sports science guys. He pushed that opinion fairly high. Nah, no yeah. way Virgil's coming so off. So it's like. Benteke, uh, Benteke is going to be there and he's going to be like, I can smell the fear. If we don't have at least a three-goal gap and we bring on Lovren... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. i got to deal with it, man. <laughs> you, know, you know what annoys me the most? I get flogged every time Lovren gets flogged, so I can't deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, I, know what mean. I didn't want to talk about him, bro. It's nah, I mean, so it I'm getting a headache thinking about it, you know. The moment he came on, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Literally, literally. <laughs> it's literally, as soon as he came on, I just thought, I started to pray. I just, I just hope we don't lose. Um, we were so close to losing. Yeah, we really were. Cool. All right, let's get some predictions then for um, the Palace game. Scoreline score wise, what are you thinking, Chris? 2 um, 0, Liverpool. Salah goal, money goal, Firmino, someone. Any, anything. <laughs> At this point, you have no idea, do you? <laughs> this is the thing, you know what I mean? Like, no one's in form. You know, just watching Leicester be Brighton, it's like, you'd expect Vardy to pop up with a goal at some point. It's like, he didn't come, even come anywhere close. You know, this is the world we're living in, where Neil Morpé is just banging them in, so. It's true. Oh. What about you, Harold? What are you thinking? Yeah, I was going to, yeah, I was going to go the same as Chris. 2-0. Um, I'm actually going to go with a Van Dyke goal. I reckon we'll probably need a, a, a set piece to get us to get the ball rolling, bring Crystal Palace out a little bit, and then probably a Salah counter attack in transition goal. Interesting, Ellis. Um, yeah, two zip. Who scores? Jesus. <laughs> do you guys think uh, you'll the, um, the normal front three of Mane, Firmino, and Salah? Yes, I do. Yeah, I hope so. Well, actually, I'd nah, he with Amino through the middle, you know. Nah, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Chris. Well, he was playing there uh, on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Nah, yeah, I, uh, I think Fabinho's gonna pop the goal. Fabinho and Fabinho needs Mane. to pop up with the tackle, mate. That's what he needs to do. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I saw a few people. He played, he did. Yeah. First, first couple of minutes was a bit shaky. Yeah. 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 It was biggie first half, man. Nah, nah, nah. He was, he was breaking the play really well. And then 
casually nearly popped up with a winner in the last kick of the game. Yeah, I mean, whatever, man. I'm, I'm on to him. I, I've been on to him since November. I can see it. Bro, worry about your lover and investments, man. Do you know what I mean? Right, listen, delete that. No, no, do you know what? Do you know what? Yeah, because when I said that lover was the worst defender, man, was trying to kill me, innit? And what, he's, what, he's, because you said he's worse than Skirtle. He's not worse than Skirtle. Have you, Skirtle's have you can see. I mean, he's but not. You can uh, see. Skirtle was... We thought Skirtle was bald all these years, and then it turns out he has hair. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a terrorist right what there. Kind of man? Man? Ask Harold if he wants to be bald. Or if he had a full head of hair, if he would keep it. <laughs> oh Bro, that's just so cool for man. <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing this, I'm telling you. He <laughs> not uh, But yeah, I have to think. Skirtle's worst... Or Lovren's worst. Exactly. It's Lovren. I'm sorry, it's Lovren. Sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah, in, in terms of if you're talking about what but in, in terms of actual ability, Skirtle was the worst defender. Yeah, okay, fine. He however, was not a good defender. However, however, if we keep Lovren for another year, it's Lovren. I don't care. Nah, he's not saying another year. He has to I'm telling you, no, and I, I I want you to say now, if we keep Lovren for another year and keep playing like this, it's Lovren. Say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I'm on that verge now. Okay, cool. 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 Lovren, Lovren even needs to go to Roma or forget a Breitbart Bro- 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 internship or something, man. Listen, if he gets to move to Roma, he's done well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long is going to say what the Champions League and, and Premier League is outrageous? It's true. It's true. Uh, he, he, his um, CV is up there with the greats. <laughs> no, even R9 didn't win the Champions League. Yeah, so and, and the worst part is, even all of that, he was a starting centre back in the World Cup final. Incredible. Scary. Incredible. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. <laughs> he was also in the team of the year for the World Cup. <laughs> That's so mad. That's the thing. Like, his reputation <laughs> is there, man. It's there. You lot can laugh all you want, but it oh. is. We're, t- we're talking about Divock Origi, the enigma, isn't it? But more like Dejan Lovren. Like, you know they do those ESPN 30 for 30s? I'd kill for one on Lovren. <laughs> like, just 20, like, like a documentary, 24 hours with Dejan Lovren. What go through his mind, man? What motivates him? It'll just be um, him and Salah in Starbucks yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> you know what kills me? It's so obvious that him and Carragher has a beef. Like, they have a beef because <laughs> Lovren will like and um, shady tweets about Carragher. Yeah, and then Carragher doing? will make sure the moment Lovren's on the pitch starts sighing. Like, oh. Him at the weekend. When he says, like, he says he got like blasted through. He's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what's funny with that, yeah? What's funny with that? When we was linked with Lovren, Carragher was his number one fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I remember his like 20 minute segment on him. This is the thing though. Like Man, that season at Southampton, he was, he was quality. Yeah. yeah. Alright, you know what? Of, yeah, I don't want this to be a long discussion, guys. I think <laughs> it's time for them to listen to the main on Emil Heskey. So, enjoy. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Cop and Fracker on the Touchline Fracker Network. I'm your host Fahi. So, Chris, how you feeling? I'm beyond excited right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, good stuff, Julian. <laughs> Julian, how do you feel? I am completely starry-eyed, gassed, <laughs> happy. I, so many words that I can't put into. Uh, yeah, I can't put. In, I can't say right now. Do you, do you want to? Do you want to explain um, yes. what we said previously about our guest who's on the show today? Yeah, as you may not know, Heskey, um, you are actually the reason why I support Liverpool. Like oh, that DJ you. celebration was, <laughs> when I was a kid. Obviously, I didn't know football then because when he was playing, I was like, what? maybe five, six years old, so I didn't know what football was, but I was like, that Heskey celebration, 
that's why I'm supporting Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> my mum, but that's why I'm supporting Liverpool. So I'm so happy that you're on the pod. Nice, nice, nice. Harold, how you doing, sir? Well, I can't lie to you. I, I was all right before, but I'm feeling better now. Um, yeah, I got my childhood in front of me. I'm feeling good, <laughs> yeah. man. I'm Nostalgia, yeah? Yeah, a lot of that, especially my, my dad as well. My dad used to sing your praises all the time. He used to do this around the house. I was like, what's the <laughs> So, yeah, man. I didn't, you know, the funny thing is, I didn't even realize how big that DJ celebration was. In the playground, Emil, we were doing that yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the generation on look, I was there, local. I'm, I'm still mad at Peter Crouch for stealing the shine, to be honest with you, with the celebration, because you had the, you've got the GOAT celebration. It's not even a big face. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Elissa, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, man. At first, I was going to play it off court with that. Then I saw Heskey. I was like, whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So if our listeners don't know already, I'm going to do a quick little intro. So today we're joined by someone who was signed by LFC as a record signing at the time. He was an important team member of the legendary 2001 season where we won the League Cup, FA Cup, UEFA Cup, and then later on the Super Cup. He's someone who played and scored in the famous 5-1 victory over Germany. He played in two World Cups. He scored 110 goals and achieved 53 assists during his career in the Premier League. He's also known for his DJ celebration and now nominated for Autobiography of the Year at the Telegraph Sports Book Awards 2020. I welcome Emil Hersky. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on, Emil. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. 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 Can't complain. Apart, yeah. from this, apart from this pandemic, but we're getting over it now, so that's good. Yeah, how have you found the last couple of months? Like, how's your daily routine been? Um, <clears throat> the thing is, if you don't focus on something, you, you, you'll go a bit crazy. So I focused on losing a bit of weight, so I managed to do that, do a bit of running um, in, in a, couple of, a couple of group chats, fat shaming me, so I had to go for runs and all that. Did you ask uh, them to fat shame you or were they just doing uh, it anyway? <laughs> I don't think they meant it, to be honest with you. They're just talking about, yeah, I'm going to get up at seven o'clock and I'm going for this run and doing this, and I'm like, oh, gee, that means I've got to get up and run. Okay. Uh, yeah, but no, nah, it's good. It's good because again, it gets to clear your mind as well. Um, got kids here as well, so they they obviously it's difficult for them with their homeschooling and um, and missing all their friends and their their normal routine, which has been affected. But in all fairness, they just get on with things. They play on the PlayStation and talk to their they're kicking through the PlayStation with their mates, so they're all right. Um, and then the younger ones just play with each other anyway. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's the adults that find it difficult because routine have is what you, we like. Have you been chipping in with the um, uh, homeschooling? No, don't do that. No? <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Not your uh, thing? No, but you know what? It's funny because uh, what was, it was yesterday I, I looked at my son, he's 14, I looked at his maths and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I see X and a bracket and this and that and plus a two and I'm like, what? So I goes to him, what's this? And he just started breaking it down. And it just went straight over my head. So I said, leave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know how you feel crazy. Sorry. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So we're raring to go. Uh, we've been inundated with questions by our listeners. So before we get started, I just want to let everyone know that we will try and incorporate as many of your questions as possible during the recording. And there'll be a little slot at the end to ask a few more of your questions for Emil. Um, Harold, do you want to kick things off? Yes, I don't mind at all. Yeah, so just to kick things off, um, with it rightfully being a current topic, uh, what are your thoughts on Black Lives Matter, support by the Premier League? We saw um, Aston Villa and Sheffield United and all the, the, the officials take a knee, which was a pretty big gesture. Um, so yeah, what do, you, what do you think about it? And obviously we've seen 
Kick It Out campaign previously to the Black Lives Matter campaign? Mm -hmm. Do you think it'll be any different? Do you think it'll be sustained? What are your thoughts? We hope it, we hope it will be sustained. It's great. It's a great cause, obviously. It's great that um, all these institutes, all these top people are, are actually looking at it. And at the end of the day, we're, not, we're, we're, set, we're looking at things that is, that is something that's wrong. You know, right is right and wrong, wrong is wrong. So um, if you don't back it, then you're, you're speaking, that silence is speaking volumes. Yeah. So I think they had to back it in a way. Um, again, to your question, is it just lip service? Is it, we don't know until the next step. You know, yeah. we can only see what, what the next step is and then keep it moving and keep that momentum going. Again, um, for us, when we're talking about uh, progression, um, I played, I started in, what was it, 95, I made my debut. Um, uh, back then, you probably have 2%, 3% um, uh, black managers in, 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 the, in the leagues. Yeah. It's probably about the same now in 2020. Um, so we haven't really moved forward and we talk yeah. about moving forward. Again, it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Well, it's not uncomfortable for us. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, live it every day. Yeah. But it's uncomfortable for people to have. So again, we've got to make them feel at ease to even just have the conversation and say, okay, well, where can we go with this? Where, what can we do? Yeah. Um, but now is the best time because again, if you was to ask me, could I do what Raheem Sterling and, uh, and the rest of them are doing now where they're outing people, they're saying it. No, because we didn't have them platforms. The only yeah. platform was the media. And we never controlled any of that. He controls his platform. He can say whatever he wants. He can, he can, he can portray it in a certain way and he can, he can show you why he, he's saying what he, he's saying. We never had that. So yeah. it's great that they're doing it now. And, and you see with, with what Marcus Rush has done, where he's got the, the whole government to take, take, take a U-turn. Uh, it'd be nice if they got his name right, but it's one step yeah. at a time, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Completely right. Um, delving into this um, topic a bit deeper, um, are you yourself being a black footballer uh, and mm -hmm. in a different era to even uh, um, some players um, in a different um, below in the in the generation two? Um, what is what kind of struggles did you face? Uh, because uh, you also um, in your book had an interesting line where you said, "I've got friends who I think are still affected by coaches, um, the, by the coaches and how they spoke to them in the eighties and nineties." Um, yeah. How was that? Yeah. Delve into yeah. That? Uh, yeah, the thing is, you've got to remember that I, I, I was born in 78, so 80s is me and early 90s. That was when I was really getting into my football, um, fo the football in the arena and stuff like that. So I, I, I don't think I suffered it as bad as others because I was, again, I was good. So you kind of, you can't oh, allow him, that one there, we'll pick on that one there. And I've seen it, even to this day, my best friend. And he, he's affected, he won't tell you he's affected, but I know he's affected. By that, he, he, he was my strike partner uh, at, at Leicester and we came through the ranks together, played together and, and when, you, when, you, when you ask him, he'll tell you, yeah, it was, it was like this, but there was nothing we can do. Um, you know, when we, <laughs> certain things that would, would be said and certain things that would be done. Like my, my, my parents, my parents, my parents never smoked, never smoked. Uh, never, uh, I think I was very, very young. I would have been about in probably about four or five when I see my dad smoke. My mum never smoked. My dad gave up then, so I never see my mum and dad growing up smoking really. But we would have jokes on uh, if you made a bad pass. Oh, you've been on that wacky backy stuff. 
I'm thinking, well, well, none of them smokes in my household. So what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is the this is the negative side, the connotations of of what they mean and stuff like that. So, but you get on with it because who do, who am I going to complain to? So yeah. uh, things. Did, 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 you, did you ever think? Did you ever think to um, you know the PFA? You know, as they're, they're supposed to be the organisation. But I've heard even um, some from some footballers that I know that. They do. Um, they they they're not the people to go to because they have best interest in some of these coaches and and managers that may perform these acts. So, the P, do you think the PFA wasn't you know? PFA for me, PFA for me wasn't an avenue hmm. back then. I I don't know what it is now. The PFA does some great stuff, to be honest with you. So if you're an ex-player and you want help in the mental health side of things and you want guidance in your coaching roles and stuff like that, but that sort of stuff, the PFA, I don't think, I'd, I wouldn't have been comfortable going to a PFA and, and sitting down and thinking that something was going to be happening. Um, like you're saying, um, is the PFA really going to attack the people that are funding them? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very, very tough for them to do that. And it's a lot of money that they're funded by, something like 27 million, possibly more per year. So are they going to really fund that? Um, are they really going to uh, trouble that funding? Um, it's tough for the PFA as well. But again, I didn't feel comfortable enough to go to them. And again, growing up in the, growing up in the 80s, um, we, we had a different mentality if you were ever attacked or if you ever had um, pushed into a, a corner like that where it's you either fight someone or you run, it was simple as that. You don't call police, you don't call anyone. Yeah. It, was, it was that. So you take that same philosophy into the, into the football arena, but you fight someone in the football arena, you're never going to play again. So you kind of just kind of always backing off. You're always backing off. You're never really attacking what you... I've seen... I put in my book and I'm still friends with him. I'm still friends with him now. My strike partner, he was a year older than me. We played against Stoke. Yeah, it was Stoke at, at, um, at Beaver Drive where we used to play for Leicester, um, youth team. As soon as we come on the pitch, N-word, this, N-word, that, N-word, this. A referee can hear it. Coaches can hear it. N-word, N-word, this. Um, I, who's, who's fouled? I think I've fouled someone and the lad's lying on the floor. No, the, no my strike partner's fouled someone. The lad's lying on the floor and he's looked up, oh, are you N-word, this, blah, blah. And then his mates come running across. They didn't realise this guy was a, uh, alongside, alongside playing football. He's boxed as well. So he's just giving in, bang, bang. He's put him to sleep. Bang, the other guy got back on his bang, bang. He's put him to sleep. But what I'm saying is, this is 15, 20 minutes in. Why is it waiting for some two people to be asleep on the floor for you to deal with a situation that you know is wrong? Yeah. One, the coaches. And two, the, 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 the officials. Yeah. This lad's got fined. What for? For being racially abused and defending himself when someone's attacking him. This is the problem we have. We don't, and this is the problem where you haven't engaged with the right people to understand what's going on on these football pitches. Yeah. To know, okay, well, he's, yeah, but you should attack him. No, he attacked me. I'm defending myself. This is all we do. That's all we do. We don't go around beating anyone up. No, we just defend ourselves. And this is what happened on the pitch. And he, he actually, sadly, um, I think gave up football after, say, another, after probably about four years after that. But uh, he had similar sort, of thing, similar sort of things going along where people are attacking him because, just, just because he's black. Wow. And you know what? It's, I really appreciate your honesty on that as well because even though there wasn't much of a basis or much of a platform used to speak out back then, 
Uh, we're thankful that you're able to come on here and just be honest about your. I put it in yeah, my book, things. so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's out there. Mm, absolutely. So before before we let we go on, sorry, sorry, Harold. That's all right. Before we so we go, on, I just wanted to ask um Emil, like you you made a point saying that you just got on with it. Do you think that's why like the older generation of footballers like your John Barnes and your your Wrights and uh, Atal they don't come out as much because they just have a mentality of oh let's just get on with it, let's just do our thing and keep it moving. Yes, I think so. Uh, I'm good friends with Viv Anderson. He's he he he's from that generation where they throw throw bananas at you and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 will they will come up in your face and tell you that they they don't like they don't like you because you're black. Do you know? Um, uh, I, I think he gave me a story about um, uh, uh, what was it? It was Cluffy actually about you know you're going to be racially abused. And if you can't have, if you can't handle it now, just go home. That was kind of the thing. Yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. But but again, when you've you've had that for so long, you kind of just come accustomed to that. Mm. If someone says something to you, you just say, "Ah, yeah, whatever, and you move on. Whereas nowadays, they're not having it. But again, there's avenues. There's avenues that even now, could you, put it this way, in 2000, if I'd have walked off a pitch because I was racially abused, what would have happened to me? Selfish. Yeah. I would have been fine. No one else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the no, me, I can just imagine the tabloids uh, yeah. on on whoever selfish. Yeah. This, so you have to toe the line. You have to feed. You, have, you basically have to just accept that at some stage it will change, but we can't do it. It's not changing right now. All right. So but now there's actual procedures. I can go up to well, my sons who are playing, they can go up to the to the referee and say, "What's going on? Did you hear that?" Blah blah. blah. No, I didn't. I'll keep an eye out. Whatever. Did you hear that one? Yeah, I heard that one. What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't really get three. You shouldn't really get three strikes, but at least it's there. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm just wondering. Like, obviously, this happened throughout your career, but do you think as you grew older, you kind of understood the subtle racism that was involved as well when people were speaking to you? Yeah, you. You not even when you're older, you understand it anyway. You understand it from a young age. Um, you know, I, I've even to now. You know, I, I I see it. I get it, and I don't understand it, but I get it all the time you know the one i was in i was in a french airport went to went to france uh went to one of them coffee shops or whatever and i, I bought my, my my food and my drink and i sat down and you know at the coffee shops at the airport they've got this stall bit where it's walks that looks into the airport yeah. so i've sat down there and i've looked into the airport at the table behind me the woman's grabbed her bag and, and pulled it towards her she, it, the bag was on a, on its chair on its own she yeah. grabbed the bag and put it on on, on put it on her lap I'm facing outwards. I'm not even looking at them. But you know, you've got a kind of just a, in your peripheral, peripheral vision. Yeah. Yeah. And then two minutes later, they've all got up and, 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 and sat on the opposite side. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Yeah. No. Are we still having that? This, was, this would have been, what, three, four years ago, if that. Mm. Yeah, that is. This is, again, it's, it's kind of. It, a lot of people won't notice that, but you notice it as a black person, what yeah. is going on in your surroundings because you have to, you have to be aware of that. Yeah, it's, it's literally like a damned if you do, damned if you don't mm-hmm. kind of complex you're in. And on the topic of what Fahi was talking about, the, the, the perhaps more implicit racism that you, were, that you faced for growing up. And this is, I'm happy I got to ask this question because this is like me. You can't see my full build, but... I've, I've, growing up, people have always described me big and strong, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's typically how you were described as well, and how a lot of other black players are described. 
So I just wanted to ask, like, how did that make you feel? Did you feel like they were undermining your game a little bit? Did you feel as though, like, made you feel... Uh, yes, possibly. I, again, did I feed into it? It's hard not to. Mm. When you keep, when you keep telling you, telling you. Because I grew up and uh, I, I actually grew up playing midfield, playing up front, playing left wing, playing right. So I had a general run of all the positions. So I understand, very intelligent in that sense. Yeah. So I could have played in midfield if I wanted to. I preferred up front. And the way that I played, if you ask my coaches, the youth team coaches, and, the, and, and the, they were willing to play, they were willing to play me in the first team from age 15 because of the understanding I had from football and, 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 the, and the finesse that I played with. So, yeah, it did undermine it because, again, yeah, I was a big lad at 15, but, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that I, that's, that's the only thing I can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I can only run through brick walls. Or I can only chase this because I'm quick. And, no, I can, I've got a subtle game, a subtle side to me as well. I can, I can find a pass. I can, I can, I can do a step over. I can, but a lot of that gets drawn out of you because you feed into a narrative as well. Do you, oh sorry, Chris. Before you go, huh? I was just going to say one thing. I am really impressed by by you, and even in your post post career. And I was listening to your podcast um, mm-hmm. last year on This Football Life. Is how how proud of you are of your game, your confidence. Although you are, you've been you describe yourself as to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. um, that not not so extroverted. You have that confidence in your ability. I mean, we see it as Liverpool mm-hmm. fans. We mm-hmm. we see what you've done. That's just something that I think. Is quite telling about you. You, mm. you're this. It's not an arrogance, but it's like I know my abilities. I know how good I am. And you just let your football do the talking. I think you have. To, I think you have to have that because again, when you go into these environments, they will take it away from you. Mm. They will take it away from you very quickly as well. So you have to have your own self confidence. I wasn't great at school. Sports was my thing. I loved athletics. I've loved yeah. uh, anything, you know, anything we do, we try and give it our best. Yeah. Um, parents are from the Caribbean. So cricket, they wanted me to play. I was good at that, but I didn't like it. I just didn't mm. like it. It was just, it just wasn't active enough. So I, I, so football was the thing. So that brought the best out in me. And I knew I was good. So why am I, I going to let someone else take that away from me? Yeah. No, just, just you go and show them what you can do. And, and a manager will always tell you whether you're, Bad or if you're good, mm. he will tell you straight as well. By the way, he won't he won't mince his words. Smack them as well. <laughs> <laughs> but they would put me in left left. I, I remember Martin O'Neill put me in left back. If I, if I wasn't good enough to play uh, uh, on the pitch, they wouldn't put me left back. He put me left back because he knew I could, he could he could trust me. Yeah. And this is and I knew I could trust myself. I was good enough to play there. I wouldn't say I'm going to be the best left back, but I was good enough to play there. And I just went out there and expressed myself whenever, whenever I played. And I never really let that hold me back. And this is where you see a lot of players rise and then they suddenly just plummet because they can't get that confidence back. They're looking for that confidence from other people. You should have it within yourself and then your manager should top it up yeah. <laughs> with, with playing you. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's that, yeah. I've always had it so. so. So, would you say at all, like you're saying you've always had it, but do you think as you grew as a footballer, it grew even more? Or do you think it's always been steady? Because there's something as I remember as a child watching you is the media always used to say that you lacked confidence at times and it was mm-hmm. very obvious. But obviously, when I read your book and I hear you speak, and like you always talk about how you felt confident. So, mm-hmm. Do you think there's a disparity there at all, or a misunderstanding? Or? I think it's just a misunderstanding, or they wanted to control the narrative. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to tell you. Um, if I wasn't confident, I wouldn't be going on the pitch. 
Yeah. I know players that don't go on. They, they, I know players, put it this way, will train Monday to Friday. Friday, they'll get a niggle. Then they're back on training on Tuesday. And then Thursday, they get a niggle. So they don't play. It's just a, just a mental, it's a mental battle that they're having all the time. And I've seen it before. I love the, I love the training. I love the games. I love the, I loved everything about it. So it, it was it, the confidence. You can't look. Your confidence is going to get knocked anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that helped me with confidence, well, with it being knocked and trying to, um, because again, if you lose a game or you had a bad game or whatever, yeah, you can be down for two days, you know, two three days. But I I loved comedy. I loved um, back then. It was Def Jam, comedy. Yeah. I loved that, yeah. and I used to watch that mm. just to get the just to get fun and laughs and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm not in that mood all the time because again I've got I've got three days and I've got to play another game you know and people can overthink at times so I, I, I had my own ways of dealing with that so let's let's get into all things uh, LFC now and obviously mm-hmm. um, signing signing for Liverpool at the age of 22 leaving your leaving your childhood club leaving your friends and your family and moving to a new city and playing for a, you know a team as big as Liverpool with that kind of mystique still at the time as has now how, how did you feel about that? Because I know you spoke in your book that you had a little bit of homesickness. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. Football-wise, uh, moving city-wise was tough. I'd, I'd, I'd literally, I, like I was, I was 22 years old. I, I'd moved out of my parents' house, but I hadn't moved out of my parents' house. So I was still going there. I was still, I was literally around the corner. It was like going so, to, I guess it was like going to uni, wasn't it, in a way? Yeah, but at least, yeah, yeah, possibly. But again, you're still, within uni, you're still, Enjoying partying and yeah. this sort of thing. You got, but this now football is like you train and then you focus. Got to make sure you're you're, you're eating right, you're you're sleeping right, you've got to rest your bones because of this. My, um, Gerald Julia say, which he would say things like, "I don't want you to be going shopping. Let your wife do it. I don't want you to be walking up and down the aisle." <laughs> I hear him saying that as well. I swear, hey. I was like, "Huh? What difference does it make?" Uh, but yeah, yeah, you should say things like that. So you basically, I would go from um, training, I'd be fun and it'd be great being around the lads. And then I'd go home and I'm, I'm in this alien place. And again, it was uh, like 2000. So um, back then, in 2020 years ago, we never had Google. We never had all these things. We never had, uh, we just about got sat nav. And I wasn't outgoing in person. So I would just sit in, the, uh, I would sit in my, the apartment that I had and I would just be looking around and it, it, just, it just got overwhelming. And I just wanted to be back home. But then I'd go, I'd, then I'd wake up in the morning, go training. I'd be fine again. Because yeah. I'm around yeah. the lads. I'm around my, uh, my, 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 my people. What I, the, the thing that I love to do and that I thrive for, which is football. And then I'd leave there at two, two o'clock and I'd be like, I'd be kind of dreading going back to the apartment. But again, as well, when I was at Leicester, it was, it was um, we'd all eat together for lunch and all that sort of stuff we'd probably have a bit more social but again it's a different different kettle of fish when you're talking about social as well because we had so many games with Liverpool you can't you could never have the social life that we had at Leicester because you have to you have to eat sleep and, and breathe it so I, I even the lads outside of training they'll just go back to their homes and we'd be distance and I would just be sat on my own uh, so obviously when you joined um how did your role change um, compared to how it was at Leicester? Um, well, well, yeah, Liverpool, you're the biggest club in the world. So again, you're going to have more, you're going to have more, more of the ball. So it was, it, it gone from, 
uh, hitting channels at Leicester, chasing the ball down, creating havoc, um, uh, running with the ball, and uh, uh, playing in like playing percentage football where you're you know you're working in there, you're trying to work in their half, you're just playing it long and working in their half. And I was the one, me and T, Tony Cotty or me and whoever, we, the one chasing the ball and causing havoc uh, to having 60, 70, sometimes even 80% possession. Mm. And yeah. then having to find angles to find the pass, and it helped because I was I, um, I'd played international football from the age of sixteen, um, youth youth international football. So that's totally different to your every uh, your um, your your club football because again it's it's, it's it's derived from possession possession based football. So that helped. So when I went to Liverpool, it was it, it, I found it just uh, you know it was it was a great fit. And I'd, know, I'd known a, a lot of the lads because they were international players. In the international, I was an, an international player by then. I just wanted to qu- quickly touch on as well. Um, obviously, when Liverpool signed Yara Littman, mm-hmm. um, he played in a, a role kind of similar to yours. Um, obviously, he was a lot more experienced. He did come off a few injuries, injury riddle season at Barcelona and stuff. Um, so kind of adapting to that new role where you had partnering alongside um, Michael Owen, famously, mm-hmm. and Robbie Fowler too. Did he help you from a training point of view adapt to that kind of attacking midfield second striker role? Um, no, not really. I would. Uh, you, you learn from people like that by watching them. I don't think it was a case of him taking me to one side or anything like that and, and teaching me anything. But no, you learn from players like that, and it's good to have all them sort of different players all around, all around you. Um, the level of football, the level and the pace of football goes up when you're in Liverpool. Anyway, remember, I remember our first training session. We we used to train at Leicester. And, Yes, we tackled and stuff like that, but it wasn't it wasn't full on because again we we the manager didn't want that. He wanted he wanted you to be competitive in the games, not necessarily in training. And I remember getting a ball, the first first ball come to me, and Stefan Hencho just went <laughs> straight through the back of me. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. But I quite liked it because then then I have to give you one back in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, you said in the past that Gerard Julio taught you about football. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about his management style? Because I found it really intriguing because he's mm-hmm. quite mysterious in the sense you don't see many interviews about him mm-hmm. or with him. So um, what do you think he really helps you with in terms of football? Well, I, I went from playing um, at Leicester where um, Martin O'Neill was basically about me and saying, you're good at this, good at that, good at this. You do that. You do that, that. Keep doing that. Keep getting at him. Keep taking him on. Keep doing this. Just get the ball, turn and run. You can run them channels. You can do this. And and then and then when it comes to the team, we worked on team stuff, but it was just us. And then you go to Liverpool, and it's just a whole another level. You know, we're working on ourselves. We're working on the team. We're working on them. So when you go to the pitch, you know every single thing. We sit in a we'd sit in a meeting room and we'd watch a meet. We'd watch a forty five minutes on on a game about them. And I just kid you not, I was I was falling asleep in the first couple because I'd never been in that sort of, them sort of long meetings. You sit at the back and it's dark, just a screen at the front. Oh, it was. But then you start to learn a lot more about football and a lot more about your opposition and 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 preparation, real true preparation and information. Like we do, we do like thirty minutes on possession. No, mm. no, just just the ball. No opposition. Just move the ball. Pass it. The ball's, and then he'll go, give me the ball. The ball's here. Where are you going to be? And you'd have to scoot around as players to see, to, to, to uh, mimic where you should be if the ball's at the right back or, or the left back or wherever in the midfield. And so when, you come, when it comes to the game, it's, it's second nature. You're just doing it like that. 
it was it was fascinating to see. And then when I look back at certain stuff that he was doing when it comes to diet and nutrition, diet and nutrition, it was just another, another level. They're doing it now as well still, but um, we were doing it in 2000. But people really questioned it and everything. But really, you should have just got on with it. So was the diet change from Leicester to Liverpool completely different? Oh, we was eating crisps. We were eating walkers because we sponsored by walkers. We were eating walkers crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Going to games. Snickers. Like okay. Randomly, but I had that top. That top. <laughs> 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 yeah, we were sponsored by Walker's Crisp because it made in Leicester, and um, we were getting boxes of crisps going, going, eating them, going to games and stuff like that. You're like, come on, man. come on. But then you know, it was just a norm for us. Mm. And you and you think about it, right? We yeah. went to, we came up with Leicester. Sorry, going to Leicester. We we went to Leicester when I when I came through at Leicester. We went to three cup finals in four years, and finished top half of the table from a team that they said should have been relegated every single season, eating bags of crisps. <laughs> that is pretty. Wild. Yeah, that's that is crazy. <laughs> But no, yeah, when you look at the difference, you know, eating times, what you're eating, how much of it you're eating, everything was down packed at, at, at Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly touch on as well, kind of that uh, 2001-2002 season, um, mm. kind of that, the strikers that were at the club at the time, because that's quite a, quite a roster of strikers. Yourself, Michael Owen. Robbie Fowler for a short period of time, Nicholas Anelka for the second half of the season, and Yara Lippmann. How did that? How did that kind of environment feel from a competitive point of view? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it because again, we had so much firepower, and you're learning from everyone. Nico is um, Nico. I'm gutted he never signed. To be honest with you, he I was, think we um, all are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's 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 my generation. So when I, I we I played against him, I'll give you a funny story as well. When I uh, England under 18s, me and Michael played together. Uh, Mike was two years younger than us, but played with our, our under-18s England side. Went to play um, France uh, in, in the Euros. France won the Euros. We come third. Uh, me and Michael up front. The manager, the manager of France was Julier. <laughs> and the, um, the, the, the players, I'll give you French, the French team. Nelka, Henri, Trezeguet, uh, William Gallas, Mikel Silvestre, yeah. Usman Darbo. Will, Winnie, Will, Willie Sanyol, uh, another guy called Cisse, who actually was at, um, he came to West Ham for a little bit. Um, yeah, they had a team, I'm telling you, they had a team. And a lot of them were, ended up being top, top players, unbelievable players. But yeah, so Nico was a, was a phenomenal player. And I don't, I, I'm not sure, that, I don't know the politics behind it, but um, I don't know why he didn't sign, but he was phenomenal. But How he, was he in the dressing room? Sorry, no. He was quiet. You know, you think that Nico's is like a, a, a flash and loud. No, he was quiet. You, you have to go. The thing with Nico, you would have to go and, um, and engage with him to get a conversation. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yes, but he was, he, and then he'd have a really good conversation with you, but he's quiet. He doesn't really, but again, he's still fun, still has a lot of fun and stuff like that. But again, people thought that he was, oh, La and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's misunderstood, I think. And this is the thing, when you, when you misunderstand people, you, you just impose your, what you think of someone on, uh, and, and then it just goes out there like Wi-Fi. No, he's just a misunderstood player. Speaking of misunderstood, um, growing up um, around my age, there was this obviously obvious narrative that 
you never scored goals um, mm-hmm. that was put on by um, YouTubers like, for example, KSI, who was very mm-hmm. popular around my age. How does that, um, and, you know, with, like, for example, um, strikers like um, Roberto Firmino, who are not the most um, traditional number nines in the sense that they don't get, they're not the main focus for goals. Mm-hmm. And you're, you were kind of the same with the linking up play with the, with the strikers and with the wingers and bringing them into the game in the same mode with Firmino. So, could you tell us that, you know, how, how, how does that, how does that look now? And how did it make you feel at the time when you wasn't, when you were, when there was this narrative that you wouldn't score and you see strikers like Bobby Firmino now who are praised for exactly doing what you did? The thing is, it, 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 it always swings around, doesn't it? Um, you say that I didn't score. I still scored over hundred goals in the Premier League. Let's and the thing is, and I'm the thing is, <laughs> if you're talking about, you're talking about someone who played, uh, I, I even told you I played left back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're talking about someone who played all over the pitch and you know th- there's a narrative that some people run with and they just it just goes like wildfire mm. you gotta remember I played my, my first full season at Leicester I played left wing I didn't play up front yeah. you know so yeah. uh, again I just leave people to let them let them themselves do it because it, sometimes these people are their favorite strikers I'm still sco- I'm still still outscoring them I'm still Jeez. playing more games. I'm still, I'm oh still playing more. I love I'm that. Playing more games than them. Oh, yes, this is my goal. I'm talking right now. Yes. <laughs> but this is the weird thing. But this is the weird thing that you you would you would worship that guy who I'm outscoring, but you're telling me I don't score goals. Yeah. Then people don't have hundred goals in the Premier League, but yeah. You do. Yeah. You do. It's, it's it's a strange one for me, but I leave them to do. I leave them to do what they want because again, I've, if I was to sit down with you and say, um, your son. He's going he's gonna to make his debut at 17. Um, and in between his career, he's going to go to two World Cups, two Euros. He's going to score over 100 goals in the Premier League. He's going he's gonna to win four League Cups, um, uh, an FA Cup, a Super Cup, a UEFA Cup. Uh, and, he, and he's going to be, uh, was it, 10th, 10 or 12th in the, in the all-time Premier League scoring scores? What do you think people are going to say? Chill out, Henry. Yeah. Chill out, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. They're gonna be happy. Yeah. They're gonna be happy with it. But yeah, then people are, are gonna ridicule you when you when you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't. I don't get. I don't get with people sometimes. But again, I leave people to do it. It doesn't really bother me because stats will say, yeah, he's there and he's got this. And you know, when you when you're looking at goals, my name's up there. And even well, look at it, Andy Cole. I don't mean to bring up a Man United player, but. He doesn't get the same recognition as Rooney and and Shearer. Mm. Well, yeah, his name's up at the top of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rooney's only just beat him, mm. and that would have been in the last four or five years. And Coley's been retired for how long? Yeah, no, it's true. You're right. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. So, and and then you got to remember as well. You're talking about the who he was the second highest uh, Premier League goal scorer. <laughs> But yet he still had the label of he needed more than one chance. Mm. So did everyone else. Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> it is, it's interesting how you say the swings and roundabout things because obviously now we're in more of a stats and analytics driven era. Mm-hmm. Whereas say if you put a player like yourself in this era, there'd be so many clubs biting their hands off to kind of sign you with your underlying stats. So it's interesting that you do think that. It's funny, I'll give you another funny story. When I went back to England, so I never played for England from 2004 to 2008. And then I got a call from uh, Steve McLaren. I was, uh, I was, a, I was a Wigan player. Um, but I left at 2004 in uh, the Euros and never got called back. And I thought, yeah, they're going to call me back, don't worry. But it took four years. Um, they called me back and Steve, we got these little jokes that players play and pretend, they call you up pretending to be someone else. 
So you guys, uh, I mean, hi, Emil, it's Steve. And I'm like on the phone, hi, Steve. And then he goes, oh, Steve, Steve McLaren. Oh, hi, Steve, how are you doing? But I'm still in my mind thinking it's it's someone messing about. So I nearly hung, I nearly hung up on the England manager. Yeah. And then obviously realised who it was and he called me back up and everything. And, and even then, uh, you, you get a media hysteria, oh, no, not him. I remember that fully. I remember that, yeah. yeah. But I I, that. I, again, when you, when you really look at it, that's brilliant. Yeah. There's no yeah. reason to actually, there's no reason to print that at all. I played, they had to, they had to eat humble pie and um, because I played when I played well mm. for the two games. And the, the, what, I'm, what I'm getting at with these stats, um, Steve Round, who was the assistant at the time, I think, or coach or something like that, head coach, one of, the, one of his coach, assistant coach or something like that. He came to me and said, um, this stats, blah, blah, you kept the ball 90% of the time. And I'm like, okay. But I, he was looking at me to say, oh, thank you. I'm like, so what? That's what I do. No? It's what I That's do. what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like normal. It's like normal for people. I, 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 but I, it, Isn't that why I'm here? I, he, he must have thought that this fool. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't bat a eyelid about that sort of thing. Because again, even if it was 60% or 80 or 100%, I know what I do. And I know what I do well, and, I, and you know I bring people in. People can play off me, uh, and and this is why people like to play with me. Yes, I can I can score goals as well. And I do score goals uh, up until up until the last part of my career. I was I was on 12, 12 10 to twelve goals a season yeah. for a striker yeah. who they say is not a, not a goal scorer. And you know, it's, yeah, I would love to. Obviously, the first season at Liverpool, I got over. I think I got twenty-one goals. Yeah, but that, again, that's the, you know, it was it was it was a great season for us all. <laughs> it was a great mm. season for us all. We everything just clicked and everything just went well. Mm. So yeah, it's 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 interesting that people look at the stats and 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 how they read upon stats as well. Uh, I mean, I like to like pick on um, a point you made that how like people like to play with you and how you like to bring others into the game. Over the years, we've seen like Owen. Mm-hmm. And still today, like Michael Owen talks amazing about you. Wax, wax lyrical about you. Um, how important were you to his game? And but how important was he to your game? I think we 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 were just a perfect match. Like I said, we started from uh, I was eighteen, he was sixteen, so we got an understanding from then. So it just it just blossomed into the, what it was. Some of the stuff that he was good at, it complimented me. Some of the stuff that I was good at complimented him. Whenever I'm going up for a ball, and I'm not massive, I'm not, I'm not huge. I'm six foot one. People think, people look at me and say, oh, "I thought you were taller." I'm six foot one. I, but I, I was good with using my body, flicking on the ball. I knew exactly where he wanted the ball. I knew exactly where he wanted to be, and it just worked so well. And when you get a partnership like that, you know, we, we both can bounce off each other, and we both get joy from it. Again, with my nature. I, I'm not selfish or anything like that. So again, it, it didn't bother me with him getting a, a lot of goals and me having assist. It didn't bother me because with my nature, I'm all about helping anyway. Mm. And it would, I, I know players that will lose 4 1, but they've scored and they say, well, I've done my job. I'm happy. Yeah. What's that all about? Yeah. <laughs> you're going yeah. home miserable mm. and you're yeah, happy because awesome. you scored a goal. No. Nah, so, but I, I'm not like that, I, I, uh, you know, and there are a lot of players like that. 
but again, it's, it's it's a team sport, and you need you need people to sacrifice themselves at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a continue with that, obviously, the first eighteen months you've come into Liverpool, um, you had the infamous the, the treble mm-hmm. with the uh, FA, FA Cup, League Cup, and UEFA Cup. Would you say that was your peak as a footballer? And um, what would you say is your favourite yeah. memories from that season? Yeah, I, yeah, I would. Um, I'd probably I'd probably add a little bit of um, in in the um, in Leicester as well. Because again, Leicester was uh, a big part of of who I am as a as a player. Because I came through there as as a young lad, and they gave me the opportunity to showcase that. Um, so, what was the what was the best moment from that? Beating Everton's always great, mate. Honestly, yeah, no, no, you know what? I played. I I I did a show today as well. Now speaking about the the derby and. I remember playing against Everton for Leicester and they're like, yeah, it's a great game. It's, it's nothing really. But then when you play Everton, Liverpool, Liverpool <laughs> yeah. different. different. Completely different. Mate. You, see, different. you see people's eyes going like, what's going on here? But it was, it was good as well with it because the first one I didn't like because I wasn't ready, mentally ready for it. After that, yeah, it's on. You saw that you, 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 when you, especially when you're winning Gary McAllister's goal at the end there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I got one as well that game as well. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was great scoring against them and, and beating them. You know, the, you always get the and again it's the bragging rights, isn't it, for the city? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, always good beating them. That goal was controversial, isn't it? Because I think um, Everton were crying for a foul or penalty or something. Uh, uh, handball, wasn't it? Was it handball? Yeah. yeah, yeah then was, we just. Um, it was uh, Kevin Carragher. Campbell. Yeah, Carragher. Like, yeah. Oh, it was um, it. it was big dunk on Carragher. I think he pushed yeah. him, and Carragher kind of went back, and it's kind of kind of hit him. But oh, the fouls, the fouls on Carragher first. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then he cleared it. It went to Didi Hamman. No, he cleared it. He headed back, but the header wasn't good. It went back to hit Didi Hamman. First time balling to me, and then I went through. One time. One yeah. time. Easy. Just just on the topic of you um in that in that season, how disappointed were you that the club never steps up to win the title the following season? Yeah, look, I think this this is the thing between uh people ask me about our team to the team now. I think that's the team thing between us and them. Consistency. We didn't have it. We just didn't yeah. have it over a period of a season. We can't beat Man U at Old Trafford. We, that was nice. We can't beat Everton, which is, with all due respect, it's still a tough game because of the, the magnitude of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we're going to get beat by Ipswich or gone. Do you know what like I mean? It wasn't, it, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. The consistency wasn't there. Whereas this team now, backs against the wall against Southampton, they're still grinding out a 1-0. You yeah. know, yeah. not having a good game against Burnley. Still going to beat them. Yeah. Simple. Uh, we never had that, um, you know. And I think it, even though we finished second, was it, it was that, was it that season we finished second? Twenty season, season after, season after. Season after. Yeah. So even that season where we finished second, I don't. We were still quite far behind, to be honest with you. I think I think it was like seven, six or seven points, yeah. and they started playing some younger lads towards the end as well. So um, I just think for the consistency, we just didn't have it over over the course of the season, uh, and we would, uh, yeah. Because again, at the beginning of a season, you always you always sit down and say, "What are your goals? What do you want out of this season?" And it was always winning the league, mm. because that's what we felt we could do. And I was twenty; I would have been twenty three, twenty four at the time. So I want that. 
I'm a young lad. I'm a young lion. I want to. I want to win the league. But that was just a difficult one, um, a disappointing one, to be honest. Yeah, my, uh, my, my, favorite, my favorite game from that that um, 0102 season was um, obviously when the Champions League was still in two group stages, uh, and we had that kind of group group of death with Galatasaray, Barcelona, and Roma. We yeah. had to win. I had to win on the last game uh, to qualify. <laughs> obviously, Michael was injured. Um, yourself and Yari stepped up and um, more than delivered. Do you have any? Because that's that, that is you know still considered one of the famous European nights at Anfield. What, what are your mm. memories from that game? Just out of interest. Yeah, um, the, the memories are obviously we had to win the game. We had to, was it two? We had to be about two goals or something like that. Two clear uh, goals, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I remember the header, and I've got um, what's the Brazilian defender's name out there, Cafu. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got his. I've got his shirt as well from that game. Oh, yeah, because yeah. so, that Roma yeah. team is absolutely loaded. Looking back at it, yeah. it's Cafu, yeah. Panucci, um, Walter Samuel, Batistuta. By the way, Walter Samuel, Jesus. And I, you know, I'm, I, 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 I was tough back then. So I thought, yeah, I could put myself up against anyone. That man was tough. No one knew you was solid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And I was young then as well. So I thought, yeah, I could, I could handle anyone. But yeah, he was tough, man. But yeah, we, we done well. And I managed to get the header as well. So that's a good one. That's a wicked one. Um, obviously, going back to the time when uh, Julio had his health problems, he had a, mm-hmm. uh, I think he had a heart surgery, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously, the team was taken over by Phil Thompson. Um, how did you find the situation? Was it different, or was it just business as uh, usual? Uh, it was business as usual, and he was good as well because he never changed too much. Okay. He kept he kept to the philosophy that Julio had, even when it comes to meetings, even even with the structure of the meetings, he mm. tried to keep it exactly the same. So it was kind of business as usual, which was a good thing, because you don't you don't want to change too much, especially um, when your when your talisman is, uh, is 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 out like that. You know the, the yeah, managers, you know. It's funny because it was against Leeds, and I came in injured. I think I pulled my hamstring, so I was sitting in the treatment room, and I, and, and the doc's just about to go and look at my hamstring, and he comes in. He says, "Oh, doc, I don't feel too well." Blah blah. blah. So I've just jumped up because I've looked at him. I said, "I've just jumped up," and I thought. I go and sit down because no no you stay down I said no you better sit down I didn't realise the magnitude of what was going on so I left the room Next minute, I think they've um, called the ambulance they put him in juice coma and everything it's crazy I was one of the last persons to see him yeah yeah that's a bit mad so I've got a few questions just after that alright so we we touched on um, Nicholas and Elka not signing permanently obviously he wanted to but he wasn't picked but um, Julio decided to go for El Hadjid Youth um, how did you find him as a player because yeah. he, he, he's got an interesting um, reputation so how did you find him as a teammate um, it didn't quite work out the way that he wanted it was it you know and, and, and having seen him at the World Cup and everything and how Senegal played mm. you, you were expecting fireworks weren't you but it probably fireworks on the, uh, in, in the wrong way <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he was. Look, he, he, he can't say that he didn't have ability, but he, he was a very controversial person. Jufi is a great lad, to be honest. So you have a conversation with Jufi one on one; he's fine. But if you all have, a, if you're all there, he just wants to be centre of attention. Yeah. And I think that was his. I think that was his issue in a sense. You sit down with him one on one. Wonderful guy, wonderful guy. But then when other people are around, it's like I'm the man. I'm this and I'm that. And but again. 
he, he can't take away that he was a good player. But yeah, he, he definitely had ability. Yeah, he just didn't show mm. it in. And you got to remember, you, if, Liverpool's not the easiest place to come as a, as a, 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 with a reputation and really hit the ground running. You know, you've got to give him time. And he just, I don't think he could cope with that. Same with Igor Bishan and people like that. I helped Igor. I still speak to Igor now. You know, he just found it difficult. He's such a big club and such the expectations. You've got to go on the pitch and you've got to perform straight away. I, you can't, I, I can't wait for six months for you to perform. I need you now. Mm. You know, and these things are, was difficult for players. So Jufi, I think he just found it difficult at times um, adapting to that. And uh, again, he, was a num- he took the number nine shirt. So everyone was thinking he was going to score tons of goals. He ended up playing on the wing. Uh, was he a winger? He could play anywhere along the front, to be honest with you. But um, he came as a number nine. But uh, he just didn't, 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 didn't. It just didn't work out the way that it, we, we, we as the players would have liked to have seen it work out, and probably what he thought it should have been worked out. Yeah. So at the end of um, 0304, you decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you signed for Birmingham a few days before Rafa was announced. I think you personally would have worked really well in a Rafa Benitez setup. But why did you decide to leave in 0304? Well, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd one year left. Yeah. And I was happy to, to actually uh, fight for my place. So, but Rick Parry came to me and said, uh, we've accepted a deal from, from uh, Birmingham. You can okay. go and speak to them. So I said, oh, that's fine. I said to my agent, that's fine. I'll, I'll fight for my place um, for next season. I, I think I can, I, could, I could play. And I could probably earn, a, uh, earn another contract. He turned around and said, no, 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 uh, says coming in and you won't play. Ah, uh, okay. So I said, okay, uh, well, I better go then. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was as blunt as that. Um, and that was it, really. Uh, it was difficult to take, but again, you move on. It was even harder to see that I, I could have possibly won a Champions League. But yeah. it was one of those things, what can you do? Yeah, because of like, just the more I watched, like even watching flashbacks back, I'm like, Emil would have been perfect. I would have them. played. I, I think I would have played. I think, I yeah, think 100%. I yeah, I think I would have played um, at least at least fifty percent of the game. So, but again, you know, when you when you're told that, you've got a decision to make, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And that was the decision. You know, um, it, it, at the end of the day, Birmingham was there, and I took it. So, were there any truths to you potentially coming back in 0708? Because you used to be linked to us all the time. <laughs> I don't I don't you know what there was there was rumors and we looked into it but nothing nothing concrete was there to be honest okay I always thought it was strange that obviously you left on the end of the 03 04 season and then the season after Rafa goes and buys Peter Crouch I just thought it was <laughs> I, thought, I just thought it was really strange because you would have filled that position more than well I, I that when I'd signed uh, I went away with the national team and uh, in the mix zone, I was uh, talking to that Guillaume Balinget. Balinget? Yeah, Guillaume Yeah. Um, and he says, why are you left? Uh, Rafa's coming in. He will love you there. And I'm like, well, I've already signed. They've already got rid of me. And it's, that's, that was his words yeah. like a couple of days after I'd signed. So I know I, know I would have played. Uh, just stepping away from a Liverpool um, career for a little bit, um, you you managed to get 62 caps for England. Congratulations, because mm-hmm. that's more than a lot of people got um, mm-hmm. between the years of 1999 and 2010. Um, mm-hmm. And you saw um, what was considered the golden generation kind of all the way through. 
Um, mm-hmm. He was able to see the inception of skulls at the beginning, Gerard Lampard all coming through at the same time. Um, you know, um, wonderful strikers like Owen uh, Beckham, superstars. Uh, but we, as a country, we never actually had any success with them. Um, and recently, um, as most of the players from that generation have retired, um, the likes of Ferdinand Gerard and Lampard has actually blamed the club rivalry um, and lack of communication as one of the reasons why. Um, in your time, what did, what did you think it was that was holding England back? Was we the golden generation? <laughs> or to me, you was. To no, me, that's no, I, 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 no, 100%, because you're, you're British, you're English, you love, they love the Premier League and you see us all the time in the Premier League. But was we the golden generation? I named yeah. France. I named France's team to you. That's yeah. just from my age. Mm-hmm. Put Zidane with them. Put Lizarazu. Look. Put uh, uh, Churam. Put uh, Desai. Put uh, Bartes. Put Will Todd. Mm-hmm. Put all these players with them, and then see what you've got. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's got the job? And who was winning? They were winning. Golden generation. Yeah. We were labelled that. Um, was uh, was w- would you say the club rivalry had anything to do with it? Possibly. At the end of the day, we, how do you? We, we did 100%. We had clicks, 100%. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's funny because again, I left um, the national team 2004 and I came back in 2008. So I was a Liverpool player. So I would sit with all the Liverpool players and everything um, when we went with the national team. And we had Liverpool players and then you had brand new players. And you just generally just congregate to the players that you're always at your club with. Yeah. And then I left and then I came back as a Wigan player. No Wigan players at England. So you're kind of out of all them clicks. Yeah. <laughs> Sat on your own. <laughs> Sat with the others. <laughs> so so to, 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 to expand on that, um, do you feel that, um, for example, with France, um, Italy's, Germany's at the time, their players would all be acro- um, all across Europe. And when it's time for them to get together as a national team, they were, oh my God, I haven't seen this oh, one, sorry. I haven't seen this yeah, one in yeah, months. Yeah. And they're together and they kind of want to win for each other. But with the Premier League, we're spoiled in the fact that we have English players that are always in England. And, you know, they can kind of see, for example, you will kind of look at someone like Scholes and be like, well, I'm probably going to play you in a couple of months. I'm probably going to go at it again. So, eh, no, let's forget. Is that kind yeah. of the vibe yeah, that was going on? 100%. Um, when you look at, even, 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 even with the Irish players, they, some of the stuff that they would say, yeah, they would get together, they would go out eating together. We did, we did basically nothing together. Hmm. Nothing, nothing together. We'd, we'd have food together and then we'd go back to our rooms. Some, some people play PlayStation, some people play a bit of pool, but we never really did anything collectively together. Uh, the, the, the Liverpool lads might do something together. That, you know, we've seen, it, it was tough at times to say whether that actually had a detrimental effect on us. I think 2002 was the closest I ever got to um, going anywhere within that, that tournament with, um, with, beating, with beating Denmark and then going and playing against uh, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from that, no, we've, we just, it just wasn't good enough. I think sometimes you just got to accept that, haven't you? Yeah. You know, you know, honestly, yeah. Like um, now, now that like, I'm, I'm a bit older and I've actually compared the teams with each other, I'm like the golden generation that like, we thought was a golden generation. Like compared to some of the other teams around the world, it's like, mm, was it? Really? I don't know, man. No, <laughs> and, I don't, and, and can I just say as well, like you're saying there, they probably had a, a better collective team team that worked yeah. together. Mm, Whereas yeah. you look at uh, Atletico Madrid, how, how are they always in the in the in the Championship? Yeah. 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 
they're not got no real superstars and stuff like that. They've got people who want to play together and want to really bond. Croatia yeah. and all them players have the same. Teams like that. How do you think um, Greece go and win the Euros? Mm. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't know. I personally feel like a money laundering scheme. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> to this day. Uh, that's crazy. So obviously, touching on your England career, um, mm-hmm. a couple of incidents of like, racial abuse you received mm-hmm. alongside like, Ashley Cole um, in Slovakia in 2002, which you said was the worst in your career. Um, also, you received abuse against Croatia during the 2010 World mm-hmm. Cup. Um, like Neville's come out, he's had a bit of like reminiscing. No, oh, I'm sorry, I did. I wasn't there. I'm sorry, I wasn't there. At that time, do you feel that like you were supported by the squad management in the FA at the time? Um, uh, squad, no. Yeah. FA, yes. They they actually interviewed me after the Slovakia um, incident, and mm. obviously because um, they were obviously going to put their reporting. Um, do you want the truth? That's all I have. <laughs> um, how how I look at it is there, there's things going on in England that that kind of get brushed under the under the carpet. Yep. And then yep. as soon as you hear a monkey chant abroad, it's no, you can't say that to our our lads. Mm. Yeah, I'd rather you deal with that one because I'm never going to come back here again. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, so yeah, look, I think I think I think they have to because again they they want change, especially when it comes to UEFA and, and dealing with your Euros and stuff like that. But don't don't pick and choose. That's what I'll say. So you you touched on like you weren't really supported by the squad. Does that mean like no one actually said anything to you? No one, or no one, no one checked. No what, one what about like you and Ashley Cole? Did you speak about it together? We, we, the thing is, the black players knew, and we just look at you. Well, you hear that? Yeah. Well, what can you do, man? What can you do? Um, you know, even when even when it came to like media reports and you'd you'd look at I remember one time I, I come down the uh, it was actually 2010 we got knocked out and um uh Ash I think it's Ash Ash got quite a lot to be fair. I think it was Ash and Ledley came down the, the down the stairs off the plane and they said uh and I think they were having a little bit of a joke. So they were laughing, oh these two Emil Heskey and uh and Ashley Cole laughing, who do they think you are? Blah blah blah. I was thinking, please don't call me. Don't, don't get me mixed up with Ledley King. Full on, oh wow. Full on, full on beard and mustache, and I can't even grow a little bit. Yeah. And it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. We knew, it, we, we knew that, so we didn't really. It, it, we, there was a little bit of a running joke who was going to get it this week or who was going to get it. Wow. Wow. You know, you Jeez. just get, you get, you kind of just get used to it and just, you just. No, I know you. I know you flipped out in Turkey. Like, was oh. that just enough? It was just enough. Like, no. Do you know what that was? Um, so we had the game and everything. Blah blah. Coming in at half time, I'm walking through the tunnel. I'm I'm calm anyway. I'm not this what everyone thinks. What everyone might think because of the way I play on the pitch. Mm. I'm just walking through the tunnel and Hassan Sash is arguing with Ashley Cole. So I'm looking at it and I'm just carrying on walking because you have I have to walk past them. But I was just going to carry on walking. They're just arguing. He spits in his face. So I slapped him. <laughs> oh, wow. <okay. laughs> and then the security guard come after me. Yeah. So then we've, we've all just had it in the tunnel. But then... A, Lovely. In, no, so when you come through the tunnel, the breakout bit, you know, the big bit, you, you, sometimes yeah, you have like a... Yeah, yeah. But there, and then I didn't realise they're having a fight in the tunnel as well. 
So I don't know what was going on behind me. Yeah. The thing well. is, I would rather him slap Ashley and then we could say, hey, hey, what's going on? But when he's spitting someone's face, that's yeah. disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. yeah, disrespectful, man. Disrespectful. And you know what's it's interesting that you spoke on like how you um that the media would purposely get you mixed up with, like you said, Ledley King. And and you said how you coped with it was basically just making fun of it, making jokes about it. I think that's very common amongst the black community. Because mm-hmm. even me, we, that's our coping, mechan- coping mechanism. We, we laugh about it. We just laugh it off. You know how you was earlier, you were speaking about how you used to really like um, Def, Def Jam comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that is so pertinent amongst our people. We just, mm-hmm. that's just how we get through things. We just, we make jokes out of it, you know? Well, you have, that, that's the only way you could back then anyway. <laughs> what could you do? Something you laugh or you cry kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... It, it, it's probably it's probably something that just basically took me took for me years uh, yeah. as a young kid. That yeah, you just ah oh, don't worry, just leave it. It'll, it'll right, be right. Sad, yeah. yeah, sad reality. Yeah. Oh, on that on that note, but on to more post um, post football. I say well post playing football. Um, you joined Edgerton if I'm saying that mm-hmm. right. Um, a couple of years ago or three few years ago. Um, and. More recently, last month, you said that you were gonna you're gonna start a, a management course with UEFA, with working with the women's team um, in Leicester City, and there is like a there's a distinct lack of black coaches in in the footballing game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's clear for all to see. Um, we spoke about Sterling earlier coming out and saying about the ma- managerial fortunes that people like Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard have had in comparison to someone like Sol Campbell. So, and as we were speaking earlier, it's all well and good speaking, but we need action, we need actual mm-hmm. change. So what do you think um, needs to change? How do you think it can change? And most importantly, how do you think we'll see a change in attitude from the decision makers in the game? It's a, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, so going back to what you said before, and then we'll work through it. Um, Sorry, yeah, long question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I joined Edgerton in the sense that I, I, I'd finished playing football and I didn't know what to do and I didn't want to just stop training. So... There was a couple of people who were training together, and I just used joined the training. I never, I never played or anything. I just used to join the training, joining in the training. And then, um, yeah, I've joined this uh, master's course. It's called the MIP UEFA MIP Masters for International Players. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's, uh, they've they've recognised that players have a role to play with moving football forward. So they're educating us on on um, how into, how uh, understanding of of associations of football clubs directorships. Um, all sorts of the the top tier of of of, of basically a club mm. and and um, association, so we can actually apply for jobs and help run football in the long run. Yeah. Um, because again, you don't really see many players come out of football and then um, and then go into them sort of jobs. Mm. I, I always say about football, you can play football for twenty two years and then come out of football with no qualifications within football. Um, you have to go and go. You have to go back down to the bottom, get your badges, go back down and get this. Unless you're fortunate enough to go into yeah. Derby County or or somewhere like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, look, I think I think there's a must. There's a there's a big push now, and this is a great time to do it. There's a big push to to get uh, uh, F Bane. They call it Bane. Mm. No how do you feel? Yeah, I'm not a fan. You know what it is. We we use the we use the word bane. Then when we say names, we only name black people. Yeah. Just say black. 
Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, literally. And it's so funny you say that because I was actually having a discussion in my in my in my in my workplace today about that term. And I was having to explain to people why. Just I don't understand why we've been grouped. You know. Yeah. I get. I get it. You don't want to leave anyone out, but we've been left out for how many? Yes, and it is strange because the, the problems problems we face as a black community are different to the different. problems to the, yep. the Asian community, you know, and any yep. other community. Yep, yep, so yep. it is. It is. It it is. I, I would. I, I would love to someone to turn around and say, you know, um, blah blah about um, getting getting uh, bame people, back. but then name uh, an Asian. Uh, Indian and uh, just give another a different yeah yeah, yeah. keep just saying black people just, just say that, honestly <laughs> literally. yeah literally but you know what's um interesting about what you were talking about um finishing your your footballing career and I want to go into management mm-hmm. it's quite interesting and I haven't actually thought about this until you just said it perhaps the reason why there aren't as much um black coaches in football not to say that they're not trying but maybe some of them are not too fond of putting back into the game, which, although they gave them a lot of happiness, perhaps gave them a lot of, a lot of dark times as well. And just p- p- perhaps funding the man, in quotations, mm-hmm. um, even more. Yeah, I think, I think there will definitely be people like 100%. I'll probably know some as well. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. But yeah, I think then you look at the different sides of it. Okay, why can't you go back to grassroots and help there? And you know yeah. that you're helping others who look like you and, 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 and might face the same prejudices and difficulties that you can educate them and help them and, and steer their path away from all that. Yeah, that's, you know? that's so, the right mentality. Yeah. yeah, it's different. You don't have to just keep looking at that and thinking mm-hmm. that you want to, I, I, I want to be up there because again, I want to say, I want my kids or other people from, from the same background as me and saying, ah, oh, he's up there, I can be up there. Yeah. At this moment in time, I can't see anyone up there. Les, Les, Les is up there, you know. So yeah, I think I think I, I would love to get involved in uh, a club somewhere down the line, whether it be directorship. Um, but again, I think football has a lot to do at this moment in time if it's going to really change. Um, I think within, I think it needs to implement uh, procedures. I think I was reading recently, S and P one hundred. Um, did a 30% uh, rule. They put this in, into into play. 30%. They were they were trying to change, uh, get more more uh, females on their on their board, yeah. and they're up at 28% now. And that's not oh. long. Uh, they've only really been doing it for uh, I think 10 years or maybe eight mm. years or something like that. Brilliant. So it can be done, but you yeah, have absolutely. to put things in place. Mm. Now, I doubt they'll put anything in place and just say black again. Again, I don't know. This is the thing. When you don't say it specifically, it it just leaves flood doors on you. If you look at, for argument's sake, you look at the equality, what's what's the um, inclusion advisory board? Inclusion equality, something like that. The FA and all them were bringing in that so they can get more uh, BAME women and uh, different disabled yeah. yeah but who who prospered most from that white women prospered more from that than any other people mm. you know and this is this is what happens when you don't be you, you, you're not specific okay yeah there's no there's no reason why you can't have white women or white men doing it but again you still close the door for others yeah it it, it does seem like there is like a, a struggle for people to deal with one issue at a time and not necessarily have to try and 
lump everyone in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can deal with a black issue, cool. That's there's a problem there. Let's sort it out. So you can deal with a gender inequality issue. Okay, let's sort that out. But it seems to just be lumped into one, but, and then the. But, but the thing is as well. Okay, so imagine if we had we put procedures into get a, a plan in place, and we put the procedures in to say we want ten percent um, more black coaches or or black board members or whatever. Yeah, there's no reason why you can't just do you can't just run the same. Using the same methodology. Yeah, it's true at the same time. Yeah. And get 10% women in. And then yeah. use the same and get 10% Asian. And then do the same and get 10%. Uh, you know, you don't have to just say, oh, uh, ethnic, uh, as in BAME or whatever. Let's, 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 let's just separate it a little bit and take yeah. one step at a time. I'm with you. <laughs> and we can get to where we want to get to. When you start lumping it in like that, it goes nowhere. Yeah. And we've been going nowhere. Absolutely. It's interesting you said that about your coaching badges because I can I can definitely see the value that you'd add to someone like uh, just looking at Liverpool for example for instance like a, like a Curtis Jones's game I could see the the value that your experience and the way you well, play. Well, I, I, the thing for me is um, I wouldn't I, I, I would I would love to be a mentor. I would love to do that side of things, and then if if I if I have to do a bit of coaching, I don't mind doing that. But I'd love to just steer them right down the right path and. And making sure they're focused and ready and ready to deal with this or ready to deal with that. Is, um, that, is that something the club has approached you about? Because I know they've uh, had like. I actually, kind of... I'll give you a joke. I, I, I actually approached Leicester about it, and they, that was five years ago. Um, but again, they never had they never had the foresight to see what the, what what you what uh, you can bring okay. to the table yeah. with that. But uh, recently, someone asked me if they if I could help with one of their players. I said, Yeah, no problem. What does he want? Because they want to do this. This. I goes. He goes, can you speak to him? I said, yeah, I can speak to him, but I need to be one-on-one so I can show him. I can't speak to you and tell you to do this. I need to show yeah, you yeah. And, and show you why you should be doing this. And he was talking about holding the ball up. And I said, no, I need to show you. I can't, yeah. I can't yeah. just tell you what to do. I need to actually physically be there. And I need to push you and I need to shove you and I need to tell you why I'm pushing and shoving you because the defender's going to do that. And I need to kick you. I need to make sure I, you know your distances that you're between the, between the man and the ball, all at all times. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get them all the time, to be honest with you. But yeah, that is that is one aspect that a lot of people haven't really looked at the mental inside of players. So yeah. is that what you want to kind of get into? Sorry, after your UEFA course is done, or no? I, I would just love to do that anyway. But I want to be. Wow. I want. I would love to be on a board somewhere and and helping run a club and and guiding the the destiny of a club. Okay. Because again. We have clubs, right? We have clubs, and generally the club, the players are there, and the clubs, the board, and all that are up here. There's nothing in between to connect them. Yeah, nothing in between. Like we had recently, and I don't. Uh, they'll tell me different, but it just looked this way. We had we had the FA, you had the you had the Premier League, but the FA, you had the clubs. Then you had players. Last thing, who's connecting the players with the FA and the, and and all these different people? Yeah. Because yeah. you, you should not be coming a week before and then having the problem that Troy Dean is not happy with starting. You've had six weeks. You've had eight weeks to sort this out. That means you haven't spoken to any of them. Yeah. You know, so there's this, you, you need this, this harmony. And this is where Liverpool and Jürgen and all them, I, I, I love him, man. He just, he, does, he just seems to do everything right. <laughs> you, tell me one person who's had one bad, one bad thing to say about him at the club, yeah. player-wise. No, yeah. not really. No one, yeah. <laughs> It just seems to have that connection with everyone. Everyone who's leaving, everyone who's coming in, the lot. Oh, we still need to do a few punditry 
punditry gigs over the last few years as well. Is that something you'd like to kind of expand on a bit more? Uh, I like it. I like it because it, it keeps me uh, connected to the game. It keeps me watching the games, even though there's a game on now. But it keeps me watching, mm. keeps me connected to the games and ke- keeps me watching and uh, allows me to give my point of view across. Because, you get, again, you see some people and you, sometimes they're just, they're just angry people on them, them panels uh, talking about the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, name names. <laughs> I, I don't think I need to. I think yeah, How does that make you feel as well? I mean, you know, being, a, being a black man, seeing someone like, I, I guess we'll just name that person, Graham Souness, kind of consistently go at Pogba for like every little thing. There's obviously there's 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 some sort of underlying issue there that he's not happy with the way that Paul Pogba plays on it. Again, again, when I look at it, it's it's it's. I don't think I can say it is his fault, but he he's he's a midfielder, so he's looking at it from his perspective. I'm a, I'm this midfielder, and he's a very dominant midfielder and a very angry midfielder in in that sense as well. So he would say, "Well, why is he doing this? Why is he going through players like this?" Or why? No, but you played in the seventies, eighties. This is now. We can't even do that now. You go yeah. near someone, they give you a free kick. You'd be done for GBH if you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine. So I think he wants to. He, he sees probably a little bit of something in him, but you know, just wants to be critical about him all the time. Because I remember, I remember some managers. You look at them and you think that every minute they're on your, they're on your back, they're on you, on you, but they they still pick you. It's just that they want the best out of you, and they see they see something in you, and they keep pushing you to give you more, give more, give more. But it just it just comes across so badly when he keeps having a go yeah, yeah. no anything he does. Oh look yeah. at the way he walks. Oh look at the way he does. Oh look at the, you're like oh jeez. So we're turning us and So we're turning us and moves like Graham Sooners is one of Pogba's biggest fans, and he's just trying to push. Him. I, I I hope he is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he is. Oh, he's just bullying. <laughs> yeah. What else? Speaking of um, uh, punditry and mm-hmm. and you know f- uh, football analysis, um, not um, on TV we don't really have or we don't have a lead black presenter, um, mm-hmm. but we do have anchors and radio hosts um, to present uh, football analysis to us. Mm-hmm. What do you think it will actually take for there to be like a black? Uh, we've seen um, progression from from having you know a female host, which is great. But when do you think there'll be a black match of the day slash Super Sunday host? Uh, match of the day, I'm guessing it will come soon. Um, I think uh, Janus will be that soon. Yeah. Um, on other platforms, I'm guessing that will, that that won't be long because again, there's a big push now, and you can't just lip service us now. Um, yeah. You've said it, you've you've recognised it. Let's sit down, let's talk about it. Then. Yeah. Let's get let's see let's see something being implemented. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's it's at times it's it's difficult to see where, you know, you know it's happening and you can see it's happening and but nothing's changing. But they've, they've they've obviously said now now is the time we're recognising it. Let's 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 make change. I think is it Sky who put thirty million in for uh, equality or something like that? Is that right? Am I right? Is I'm, it in that? I'm not sure. To be not too sure. Yeah, no, I think I think they put thirty million in to to try and change uh, the 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 change that side of things. So so yeah, it's, it's we're seeing more anyway in the sense of when you see Sky Sky. Uh, Sky Sports News, you see JD on there, um, who's doing very well. Um, Clinton's on there doing very well. But again, you can't just have one or two and think that we're doing, we're, yeah, we're growing places. Token, Do you feel that black people in media um, are seen as, you know, we're good enough to give our opinions, but we're never good enough to lead the conversation? 
Yes, um, and it will take one to someone to think outside the box to allow us to, mm-hmm. and then we can actually then expand on that. Again, um, when you go back years, when you go back into say Viv, Viv's time, yes, black people were good enough to play centre back and centre forward because you're quick. Well, now it's intelligence. You can't play in the midfield. You can't play in the midfield. There's too much intelligence in the midfield. Then it takes for one person to change that view. Now, then it's, 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 you see a load of black players playing all over the pitch. You've got in goal, everything. So it's about, it's about having that one, ch- that one chance and then you'll see the floodgates opening a little bit more. Again, when will you get that chance? Yeah, fair point. All right, cool. So we've been inundated with this questions. So um, I'm going to try and re- reel them through it as Come many on. as I can, yeah? All right, cool. So the first one is from Adam Rowe Comedy, a friend of the pod. Um, mm-hmm. He's asking, what's the one club that you didn't play for, but you would have loved to have played for, and the one club you would have never played for, no matter what? Everton, never. Yeah. Um, hey. Hey. Um, <laughs> Arsenal, I would have loved to have played for. The reason why I say that is... When I grew up watching Arsenal, there was like four or five black players. On the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's true. And you never see that. Honestly, you see one, two, but they had like uh, Paul Davis, Rocastle, um, Mickey Thomas. Uh, who else they had on there? Right. Righty as well. Yeah. All these players are playing for me. Like, huh? Who are these? Yeah. <laughs> but I was, I was, I, but I was a um, Liverpool fan because of my uncle. And John Barnes. So, but then when you're looking at us, you're like, oh, I'd love to play for them. Do you, know, up, do you know, growing up as well, I was actually a semi-Arsenal fan because of my dad. So, Julian, you've been you've been a semi-everything fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, let's let's, let's, let's do <laughs> he, he was talking about oh, a United so top the other day. <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, <laughs> when you're young and you don't have a team, you just watch football, innit? But it wasn't until the, the, you know Heskey came into my life and was gave me the DJ celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Got the shirt on now because of Heskey, like. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. So talking of that DJ celebration, Jeff Anakin is asking, what does that DJ celebration actually mean to you? And also, what kind of music are you into? Uh, all sorts of music, to be honest with you. I'm growing up from the Caribbean background, you, you reggae, calypso, R&B, soul, funk. Um, I listen to anything, to be honest with you. I, I love R&B, though, more than, more than anything. I grew up in that era, so okay. the, the, yeah, the, the 90s was, was very good for R&B. You and Fahi would get on very well. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, Mark Morrison. You, you, you uh, yeah, I know Mark. I know Mark. So. You, you would local boy. <laughs> what did that DJ celebration actually mean? Uh, so basically, a DJ friend of mine, Spoonie, big Liverpool fan. Um, yeah. Aww. Yeah. He just uh, the, the season before I had a, I had another one that he gave to me, uh, and then obviously that one he said, "Oh yeah, we're going to do a DJ one because like uh, when he's DJ, I was telling about pull up." So I said, okay. <laughs> and then I just, it, just went, it just went crazy, didn't it? Scoring goals. Legendary. And, yeah, it was Legendary, just, man. Yeah, it was good. What would the backing track for that be then? Going through your mind when she was doing the celebration? God knows, to be honest. It would have been some sort of garage, garage tune, wouldn't it? Yeah. At the time. <laughs> like it. <laughs> it would have to be some sort of garage tune. DJ has bang on the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so, um, Onana from our Discord channel is asking, who are some of your favourite players that are currently playing? I love Sancho. I like the way that he plays. I do like the way that he plays. You know, you know young lads. When you mm. see a young lad come on with no fear, that, that, there's mm. nothing better, you know. I'm telling yes. you, you just see, That's yeah. 
you just see him glide past players and and looking back at them like they're, like they're nothing. And <laughs> it's great. It's great to see. No fear, no nothing. Um, who else? Van Dijk is amazing. Uh, Rolls Royce, and um, he's just missing that league title. Then you can put him up there with the Rios and your 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 John Terry's. And... Two more games, man. Two more games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I'm ready. But at this moment in time, you can't put him up there with them because of that that, that title. Yeah. Once he wins that title, you can put him up with the Vinny Vinny companies and all them, and, and and you can you can put him in there with that that same bracket. If you're not won the title, you're like, mm. um, who else? Oof. Right back, you gotta say Trent is probably the best right back in the world at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, what about forwards? Forwards, forwards changed. At this, it's different to when I was playing, isn't it? Now, so your, your typical number nine is no longer like what what, what I was. Mm. So uh, Suarez, I loved. <laughs> mm. um, uh, Aguero, I think, is phenomenal. For just for his goal scoring record and everything, he's just it's just second to none at this moment in time. Uh, Firmino, I just love watching because again, if you look at the, if you take if you take Bobby Firmino out of that gate, out of that team and put someone else in there, I don't think the two the two wide men click as yeah. well. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Julian. Julian. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? So, so, the smile on Chris's face is unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Come on. I'll allow it. Uh, no, you, you know why I, you know I say that? Because if you watch them play, he, he drifts. So you, he's not just staying up front. He's not just standing up front. He drifts and takes people <laughs> away. So people, you watch the spaces that they get. You yeah. wouldn't get them spaces if he was just stood up there. And he's not, and they're not out and out wingers. Have a look who crosses the ball. It's Trent and bloody Robertson. Robertson, yeah. They're not wingers. They drift in. So he creates them spaces for them to actually go in and, and do what they're doing. And then right. the wingers, your wingers are actually um, your right back and your left back. Mm. Thank just, you, just, when I, just when I think I couldn't love you anymore, Emil. Yeah. I mean, like, you just topped it off, mate. Yeah, no, 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 I'm all saying it. I can't argue. Like, if you said it, there's nothing. Rob Mish is asking, which centre-backs do you feel you dealt with best? No. Do you feel dealt with you best at both domestic and international level and the best individual performances you've been on the pitch for? Um, the best defenders, that are the, the, the ones that played up against me, no, don't do that. Yes. Um, the, ones that the ones that I've got to look and find out where you are, they're the, they're the difficult ones because, again, you're, you're, you're having to scan all the time and they're trying to nick in and just toke, toke put the ball away from you and stuff like that. They're, just, they're happy to do that, not mm. to come away with the ball or anything like that. They're the ones that I found very difficult. Um, what was the last bit? Um, so, like, who, who would have had one of the best individual performances on the pitch um, against you? Ooh, good question. Um, I, 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 guess, I, I guess it's double-sided in the sense of where did you have the worst performance? Or who did you I, have I, the worst I, performance I, I always had tough, tough games against Sol, Sol Campbell. Okay. Yeah, two yeah, two big on. lads up against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember one time playing against him when I was at Leicester. And we're both running for the ball down the wing, and you know when you're looking at someone, you think, "Oh, here we go," <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's coming. So yeah. we just gone bang into each other, and we just both dropped on the floor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nah, them sort of games are they're, they're tough. Um, Martin Keown, Martin Keown's horrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. As in rough. A horrible. Just okay. horrible. <laughs> 
like pinches you and stuff. I've heard. Yeah, I heard about this. He's got, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the ball. We're both watching the ball, and it's down on the wing or something. So we're both watching. He's gone bang straight in my nose. Straight, yeah. straight. Again, it's good because you get to give it back as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Kev from the Coppen Cast. He's asking, do you feel you and Robbie Fowler could have been as good as a partnership as you and Michael Owen? Uh, me and anyone could be a good partnership. To be honest with you, uh, it's, it's, it's about getting, it's about it's about getting an understanding. Um, we did have good games together. You did, you did, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you when you look at even the, when you look at the League Cup final, mm. you know, flip the ball on his in his volley, great volley. Yeah. Um, oh, great you know, yeah. So you, you got you got times where we did have uh, uh, great games together. So um, I think even the even the uh, the the Everton game where Macca scored at the end, it was me and Robbie up front. Mm. Uh, but again, we and Michael struck up a, a great bond from very young age. Yeah, yeah. And we just yeah. kept it, kept it, it just kept on spiraling out of control. Okay. It's interesting that you say that because I, I remember when you were back in the England team and you were up front with, uh, with, with Rooney. And it's again kind of funny that you said that the media kind of like didn't want you in the team and stuff. And yet you could not be displaced because your two partnership up front just work so well together work well yeah 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 yeah. and it's funny because when Rooney um, came in I played I think I can't remember what game it was um, we, we won the game 2-0 I set up Michael for his goal and then I won the free kick for Beckham to score his goal but there was an agenda to get um, Wayne in for the next game so it was just, oh, he, he's not good enough, he shouldn't play, he's not good enough, he shouldn't play. Not, and once you keep saying that, the, the, play, the, the, the coach pick is picking. Uh, another one I'll give you, um, we trained uh, on a Thursday with England, um, did, did shape, did the pattern of play and everything for, with the team that was supposed to be starting. Mm. The next day, the newspaper posted a team that they thought should have started. The managers changed it to the team that was on the paper. What? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's just weak minded, man. Kid, you know. Weak, bro. Yeah, 100%. Was Zven, yeah? Was Zven. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it was, but yeah. Man, nah, I'm not even like that. That sounds like a Steve McLaren thing to me. Yeah, <laughs> man. Probably, <laughs> fam. Definitely, man. That was definitely Steve McLaren. <laughs> Alright, All right, cool. So Dej, um, a friend from the Beautiful Game podcast, is asking, what actually happened in the collision leading up to the 2010 World Cup that resulted in um, Rio Ferdinand's injury? So, we're doing, a sh- we're doing shape and yeah. um, a ball comes into me. I'm holding it up and Rio's coming behind me as it's coming into me. So he's nicked the ball away and, and kind of, how can I say? But you know when you, nick the, when you make a tackle, you hit the player as well and he yeah. fall, and I fell back. But I fell back onto him okay. and his leg just stayed there. Oh. It was planted. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, so he's gone into it and twisted his knee. That's what oh. happened. Uh, so it's okay. just a tackle. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah, like I've gone and, and smashed him or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Completely innocuous. Yeah. yeah. It's part right, of the game, cool. isn't it? Final yeah, question. 100%. It could happen. The thing is, that could have happened in the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it just yeah. happened in training. So how how was Rio Rio with you regarding that? Like, was he okay? Was there he was t- fine, but I'm guessing he would be gutted because again, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, going to a World Cups is huge. Yeah, not everyone gets to go to a World Cup, you know. And this is why I said before, like, I went to two, I scored in one. 
Mm. You know, and not many people can say that. So it, I'm guessing he would have been upset. He's got a family coming out to come and watch. Yeah. And he's yeah, he stayed out, but he hasn't he hasn't done what he's there to do. Mm. Okay, cool. Final question. Uh, this is from P. Child. He's asking. He's a legit super fan. He negotiated a few kangaroos and torrential rain to watch Emil train. And he once shared the experience with me on FaceTime. And um, he actually did. And you signed okay. like a piece of paper with like red felt tip. Can you, can you share any other peculiar stories dealing with fans? Because I'm not going to lie. My cousin right, actually, right. he, he proper traced you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one. Right? Ages. When I was at Leicester. I've got one. <laughs> When I was at Leicester, right, we 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 had we had this little, this little kid. He never used to go to school. I still talk to the kid as well. He's what he's well, and I say kid. He's in his thirties now, aren't you? Um, <laughs> but like he used to come, he come and train with us, and we he'd kick balls, go and collect the balls, and all that. And one time we went in goal. No, I was taking, I was just taking shots at the goal and taking free kicks. And he suddenly got, he, and he he suddenly went in goal and started saving them. I broke his arm. I broke his arm with a shot. I oh swear. wow! <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, John Arisa on um, was it Alan, Alan Smith? Yeah, yeah, Alan Smith. <laughs> it was, was, was one of those moments um, where if you didn't know where to be proud or ashamed of yourself. He's like, yeah, exactly. And I, but I'm still, I still talk to him as well. I think <laughs> that's how you. You give him like a signed pair of boots or something to say yeah, sorry. I did, I did, oh, okay. Come to England games a lot. All right, lads. Um, amazing podcast. Thank you so much, Emil, for coming on. We really appreciate a really good conversation. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Um, please make sure to follow us on Twitter, Poppin' Frapper, and also subscribe on the YouTube channel, Touchline Frapper. Um, until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Sports Social Podcast Network.